Hey, everybody. Welcome to Reaction Shots for Ju June? June. 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 It's June. July, June. June. Uh, we are going to be talking about David Cronenberg because the only huge big movie that came out this month, Crimes of the Future. I haven't seen it. Uh, we have. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I've seen subtle dig on three percent of Cronenberg's Jurassic filmography. World. That so was just teasing. I at least got that right. I, that's my thing. Is like yeah. we're covered here because like there I'm are a few of the earlier ones I've missed that you guys have seen, and I've seen Crimes of the Future. So between all of us, we've probably seen every single one of these. Is it rabid where they fuck the armpit? <laughs> we're uh, coming right in. Aren't we? right in. Well, welcome, so. in, <laughs> welcome to reaction. In show. crash, <laughs> in crash, they fuck like a leg wound. Um. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be talking about lots of parents, weird sex uh, later. Parents, yeah. Cover your children's ears. Definitely an explicit <laughs> episode. But before we get to Cronenberg, well, first of all, Matthew Walden is joining us. Yeah. Hello. Good evening, everyone, or good morning if you're listening on your on your way to work <laughs> with a strong cup of coffee. Yeah. I, I hope. Good, whatever exact specific time it is where you are. Good Dude, that. I hope this is your morning coffee. I hope so. I would be honored. Podcast. I would be honored yeah. to have you listening to your us. Sunday morning. Wow. Ooh. Sunday morning on your way to. <laughs> tweet, tweet at us. Let us know what time you listened to this. Yeah, I love that. We want to know. And if you were having a coffee, or or just let us know or what tea, you're drinking. Coffee you, or whatever. Tea. Anything yeah. you're drinking, just tell us. Yeah, welcome to the crone zone. We're in the crone <laughs> I zone. I promised my wife I would say we're gonna that. Get, we're going to get Cronenberg's <laughs> disease. <laughs> Crohn's disease. Um. But before we talk about Cronenberg, and we have a, a couple of little cute surprises in store for this episode, really? before we get into that, oh. you know what? Oh, of them. I brought the surprises. You okay. brought the one, one of the surprises. I was like, was it a surprise for you're, me? You're a surprise. surprise. Every second with you is a surprise. <laughs> but um, before we get into that, really quick, uh, we always start off with what have you liked or seen or watched or hated lately? I have think you, our guest should go you wanna first. Go first? What have you, do you want to go first? Do you want to go first or second? Yeah, let me bring up my notes because okay. my memory is just. Notes. <sighs> yeah. I okay. love it. No, uh, Rumble in the Bronx. No. Jackie Chan, Rumble in the Bronx. Gritty. I saw the Grit. <laughs> it is. Yes. I saw this when I was a, a kid in Hawaii. Yes. It was my first Jackie Chan. Um, and probably like one of the first kung fu movies I fell in love with. I've no gone doubt. on to seeing like dozens and dozens and dozens of kung fu movies now. But this like made me fall in love with the genre. Yeah. I finally decided to revisit it mm -hmm. a long time later. It is Better than I remember. Oh, hell. oh okay. Better than I remembered. It is a great adventure. It is um, uh, an explosive roller coaster. It is funny, <laughs> dazzling, heartfelt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of times, Jackie Chan's comedy doesn't always work for me. Mm. He, he's okay, all right, he's all right, like a little right. silly and loose. Yeah, and maybe yeah, the yeah. editing isn't <laughs> quite there. It's a little like all ages sometimes. Yeah, he's a little. He's a little like Jerry Lewis. A little too yeah. like you know, but like. The comedy works a lot of times in Rome on the Bronx. It was funny. I was laughing along with him. And then, like, the the set pieces are the huge. Oh, my goodness. Like, Jumping from buildings the car park. Collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's. I feel like I haven't great, seen this movie, actually. It's, it's I don't think a I've seen this huge, one. rollicking, amazing yeah. time. Rumble in the Bronx. What was your favorite stunt? I, I, I mean, it's got to be. 
be well. I mean, like stunt. I, I was watching it mainly for from like a production yeah, hell yeah. mindset, like and how did they film hovercraft and yeah. shit was so yeah. insane. I mean, like stunt wise, I think like Police Story One of is course. some of like my favorite things to see Jackie Chan do. No, but no. yeah, like the hovercraft scene where yeah. they're just tearing through town <laughs> yeah. was just like production. How do they pull this off? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I love it anytime Jackie Chan and he doesn't in a bunch of the movies, but anytime he like jumps and then like folds himself and fits through something in the air, like the windows, the chairs, the whatever, so good. I think it's Rumble in the Bronx. Ladder fight's always the, good. He jumps through the shopping cart. Isn't that Rumble oh in the Bronx? Right? In the market fight? He like I jumps believe through. so. Yeah, 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 I believe so. That's Some crazy. Good, uh, bloopers for that. I love that stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah. It's like you screw up and you just hit the thing. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God. Oh. And there's a lot of like bad, mean punk rockers. and uh, The main punk that like yeah. with the glass bottles, that guy scared me as a kid. I was always so nervous. Yeah, and uh, Jackie Chan like cuts him down to size. He gives him like a stern dressing down. <laughs> He's like, you know, don't be, don't be mean. Don't be bad. You need to have some morals. Like, yeah, it's very cute. Um, good movie. Good good time. Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. Rumble in the Bronx. Some, like, Streets of Rage vibes. Oh, 100%. Like, barroom Bronx. 100%. Let's go. What, if you look Fuck, at the, I want to watch it right now. Look at the cover of Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. Look Streets at the poster. Yeah. If you haven't seen it before, if 1% of it looks interesting to you, it's going to over-deliver on yeah. that concept. <laughs> Rumble in the Bronx. And then the other thing I watched was... Um, I, I, you know, I've been a little sick, been a little under the weather. I had to have a big surgery, yeah. long recovery time. So I was sick on the couch for months, and I just rewatched every single episode of Seinfeld. Dang. <laughs> because I was kind of like in and out of sleep a lot, yeah. and I was like, okay, what can I do? Let me roll over and watch another Seinfeld yes. on my phone. Yeah. And Seinfeld also oh. hilarious. I know these are these are little basic things. No these are like no, no Seinfeld choices, is great. But, yeah. Seinfeld, I mean, like, best. a product of its time, yeah. but also when it's great, it's great. And George is also, like, George is the, he they might as well have just called it George instead of Seinfeld. Yeah. He's really the main character yeah. of that show. Larry Seinfeld's Davis. just kind of the yeah, straight yeah. man, yeah. He really is. Like, yeah. a lot of the plots are there to set up George yeah. and yeah. him being just a complete screw-up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he's so lovable, because he's yeah. horrible, but he, you're kind of... He's, he's lovable yeah. by association because everyone else is so trash that yeah. he's like the relatable one, you know, comparatively. It's true. He's, I mean, he's also he's awful, pretty bad. Yeah, he's pretty. But bad. I, I think he makes no bones about his awfulness, yeah. which I think makes him relatable. Yeah. And also, like his sheer laziness. At least me, beat. I respect his. Yeah, laziness. I respect yeah. his laziness. Yeah. I was on the couch. I couldn't do anything. Like my my wonderful wife had to like do everything for me because I was so sick and I was yeah. just like here's George who's even more horrible than me right now <laughs> making everybody do everything for him and just it was very relatable and for funny. no reason yeah yeah so yeah. you like uh, Curb? Uh, you know I did like Curb Your Enthusiasm but it feels much more abrasive than Seinfeld does. More awkward to yeah. more yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then like For sure. recent seasons of Curb have been a little less enjoyable. I sure. think just because the times we're in are so abrasive yeah, sure. that sure, sure, Curb sure. Your Enthusiasm being abrasive is like a little like oil and water. Yeah. A little, little the, repellent. Uh, yeah. When they did the Seinfeld reunion season, yeah. that was excellent. Seinfeld, oh, in Curb, yeah. In Curb, yeah, yeah. Seinfeld feels like otherworldly to me it feels like a different kind of version of reality you know whereas curb 
it's like so hyper real yeah, that you're just like, why are you real. behaving like this? Stop it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> like, stop it, Larry. Yeah. Like, no person would do this. Stop I it. it. I love it so much. So I spent my time, you know, the opposite of our Cronenberg uh, episode here. Yeah. I spent some time doing some comfort watches. Yes. So yeah, that's that's what I've been up Jackie to. Jackie Chan and Seinfeld. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, that's like the most comfort. Wow. It's true. Wow. So, uh, how, how about you? How about yeah? You? What, what, have what have you seen have you lately, Hubie? Um, when I'm feeling down, I crave darkness and murder. <laughs> so I saw this movie uh-huh. called Watcher. Okay. I ha- I didn't even know it was playing in the movie theater, and I I saw that it was, and I was like, this this is me. It was. It's about a watcher, who a serial killer who decapitates people, and it's starring the girl. You said the term watcher like that's a thing. Is that a the movie's known- called Watcher? No, I know, but you like said a, it's like about a, a watcher. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a stalker. A stalker. It's not a term that shows up on the six if o'clock you, news. If you were on the same forums as Hubert, yeah, right. you know, yeah, you, you know, know watcher. There are subcategories of serial killers, and watcher is one of them. R slash watcher. Join us on the sub forum. Dude, no, so creep, man. He just fucking stands behind the curtains and like stares across the window at you. It's very. That sounds terrifying. Burn Gorman. Do you know Burn Gorman? Is that the director? Actor. Okay. One of my favorites. Maybe I don't know them by name. Okay. Love Burn Gorman, and then it has uh, the girl from It Follows. And it's about oh, uh, cool. Which her career hasn't like blown up. I totally thought it would. She's amazing. It was awesome to see her again. I haven't really seen her in much since It Follows, and she crushed she it in this movie. She is great in it. Yeah, she was really good in this too. Uh, cool movie. And then Jurassic, if you want to hear my thoughts on Jurassic World, you have to tune in to Huber Syndrome. Uh, I will be airing that next week. I'm not going to talk about it. You got to tune in. And I feel like because there's so much to watch nowadays, Isla, I feel like when we do What Have We Been Watching, TV shows should just be like a group Block. Most of mine are TV shows. Yeah. Obi-Wan, we're all watching that. We're all watching. I'm one behind, but <laughs> okay. yeah. I'm, I'm so like... I mean, I've, I've said this before, but, like, the the sequel trilogy of Star Wars burned me so hard, I just, like, don't care about Star Wars anymore. Like, I, and I was enjoying Mandalorian until it fell into the same trap that all the other modern Star Wars stuff fell into, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, I'll watch it, and I, like, enjoy it kind of, but it's like, I, I subscribed to Star Wars Insider as a kid, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. But Obi-Wan has been yeah. fine so far. Peaky Blinders, anyone watching that? Just you. Uh, Barry. Barry just ended. I can't wait to Holy watch it. I was waiting for oh them to stack up because I like it's to over, run it's into over, it. It's over. Season okay. two is over. It's done. I, I, it's done? Okay, yeah, I'm, it's I'm done. diving in because okay. season two was great. Okay. It, it was so depressing but so inventive. Like, he's one of the best directors working now. Dude, I would stack him up. He's directing every episode of season four they just announced. That's great. I would yeah. stack him up alongside our really? best yeah. direct Bill Bill directors right yeah. now. Yeah, 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 Bill yeah. Hader, like he's Dude, so season three. creative and inventive. Yeah. I heard him. I on need a to pod- watch this season. I watched all of season one and I loved it, but it was so fucking depressing. It gets more depressing, <laughs> but it gets I'm not be- gonna watch it. It, then. Get, it gets better, also though. Yeah, yeah. It gets so creative. I heard uh. him on a podcast talking about when he wanted to be a director, and he was talking about being a kid watching Taxi Driver, and he <laughs> saw um, Robert De Niro on a phone having an embarrassing conversation, and the camera. 
panned off his face and he said he felt like the camera was too embarrassed to keep watching Robert yeah, De Niro yeah, talking yeah. and he said that's when he wanted to become a director and I'm like gosh this guy's a genius so that's he's what a you're thinking about he as is a, a kid. genius yeah. 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 I have totally huh. such a hmm. boy crush on Bill Hader like yep. I want to hang out with him I want to be friends with him uh, and I want to watch season 3 of Barry definitely <laughs> <laughs> I should watch it yeah. I should watch 2 and 3 dude yes. did, you, yes. did you ever see that what is it? Skeleton Twins movie no. with I him parts and of Kristen Wiig. Wig, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good movie. Nice. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, they're they're the fun list. together. Mm. Yeah, it's just like an indie dramedy thing. But yeah, yeah, that was one of his first like kind of serious things, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where everyone was like, "Oh, really? Okay." Yeah, uh, he's great. Last yeah. one, the boys. The boys. I haven't started it. I don't love the boys. I don't know. This season is on the up and up. It's on. It's back on top. This season, yeah, because the last season I thought was good. This season now is it, there's been four episodes and I'm. See, I found it. season two so annoying. Like, yeah. Th- these shows so similar to like Westworld and stuff, where it's just like just do the thing, hmm. or like the first couple episodes of Moon Knight. I'm just like, we all know you're gonna do the thing. Just do it. Just get interesting. <laughs> Skip to it. Have the robots go crazy. Become Moon Knight. Yeah. Get powers and start killing people or whatever the fuck you're gonna do in this boring show. Like, come on. I'm not impressed by gore. Love it. I lo- I saw the first episode of Miss Marvel and I loved it. I was it. shocked. Ten out of ten. I thought it would be like a chintzy little kids show, and it, it had so much style and pizzazz. Mm-hmm. And also, I loved seeing. I I love looking into the lives of people whose lives are so different from my own, right? And it's like culturally a very different situation with her family and stuff than I grew up with. So it's just so nice to see that portrayed in a way that. Because you can always ham fist it, and it seems like this show is doing what I prefer, which is just like have everything just be how yeah. it is. Don't yeah. explain it to me. Yeah. Like I gathered that okay, this is what they call each other. That's a term of endearment. Like you know, because she was calling like the kids this word. I don't remember it offhand right now, yeah. but like she called the friend that too. And I'm like, okay, this is like a term of endearment. And like I loved just like learning that. Totally. You know, like you don't have to s- explain everything. Wholesome. Totally a leap. It like honors the culture more to just have it exist yeah because it's not like some fictional world where you know these are real people exactly i also love that in sci-fi movies too yeah. oh dude is just amazing like immerse me like, yeah in the thing i yeah yeah, yeah. Do, just, the yeah. new dune like lives and dies on this this concept because it's like dune is an impossibly complicated book and they explain so much stuff by not explaining it they're yeah. just like no yeah they this these guys have lasers we're not going to go into it it's a whole thing, but like you just gather that they're the only ones using those. Yeah, that's what's happening. It's the Harkonnen canon. Don't sweat it. You know, like <laughs> it's just like yeah, like that's how you do it. William Gibson's great about that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously, so much different than like a movie. Very, that- very. <laughs> William Gibson. Yeah. This is my favorite fact about William Gibson that he intentionally makes the first chapters of his books more obtuse and difficult than the re- than the rest of the book to like. To like weed out the scrubs. It's like if you don't, if you can't get through this, if you're not enjoying this, you're not gonna like this book. Just stop. Yeah. And it's like I I think that's so funny. (laughs) I also watched Terminator One and Two. I forgot about that. I got this show. Those you've seen those so many times. Yeah. That's all counts. It counts. What is so with movies like that though, you find something different each time, time. right? Probably. Is there something that's that grabbed you differently about either one of those this time when you watched them, right? Something that stood out and like, oh, I like that this time. 
Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I've seen it so many times. I appreciated them less, <laughs> dude. The first one is aging so fucking well. It really is. I didn't. My God. I didn't like it when I was younger, but now older, I definitely. I need to rewatch it because I tried yeah, watching yeah. it when I was like a teenager. And after <sighs> after having seen two like seven times, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one, I was just like, "This is boring. What's same, happening?" Same, and I like same stopped as me, watching now, it. Now it's good. Yeah, I need it, to watch it as an adult. It is yeah. like upsettingly good. Yeah, <laughs> it is insane. It is. It is. It's just they got that indie movie, indie movie vibe. Yeah, you know that full on art. Just it, like two feels so Hollywood blockbuster, you know, mm-hmm. which is like awesome, cool. Yeah, it's fucking the T one thousand. Yeah, and, and then Arnold like God tier, God tier, God tier, God tier. But just one, how much it goes into the like psychology of it all, the nuclear war, the time travel. Like I like just getting into the characters yeah, uh, and just how dark and gritty it is. It's like one of the darkest movies ever made in my opinion. Like when he is just crossing off Sarah Connors from the phone book systematically. Having killed them. So dark, so intense. Love it. it you get some like of that a, in the, yeah. the milk scene in two where he's yeah. just, sure. your mother is dead. Yeah. Your foster parents so are dead or whatever. Intense. The first one feels like a pulp sci-fi yeah. paperback that you picked up at the library randomly from like one of those spindles that mm-hmm. ended up being amazing right. on X and you're like, what is this? This is great. <laughs> it's yeah, like missing a feeling. cover and you're like, I don't know, even know what this is. <laughs> yeah. Insane. It's great. Yeah. Both movies, the last thing I'll say, both, the only thing that's aged horribly in both are the stunt doubles. Oh, the yeah. The shots of the stunt doubles are so clear. Especially on Blu-ray. Yeah. Just, just uh, I did the Blu-ray for the first one, 4K for the second one, but they're just so clear. It's like, so <laughs> obvious. It's makes like me impossible think about, not to notice. Makes me think about Spaceballs when they capture the stunt doubles. It's like, <laughs> you idiots! Yeah. This isn't them! Yeah. <laughs> it's their stunt doubles. Yeah. Um, oh, man. We were we. It's a very been a very busy day, so I haven't actually prepared notes the way I usually do for this episode. But yeah, uh, I mean, I loved Stranger Things season four, part one. Uh, I didn't like seasons two or three really. I watched them, but like whatever. This one felt like it was back to what it should be, um, and they're setting up some stuff that's going to be really hype for part two, which is coming out in eh, three weeks, two weeks. I love that they um, did this. God. Well, yeah, and you've heard that se- part two of season yeah. four is like two episodes, and one of them is two and a half hours yeah. long. It's like the longest TV episode ever or mm-hmm. something. It's like three hours long. Crazy. Crazy town. Ten out of ten. Um, so that was fun. We talked about Ms. Marvel, which I was very surprised by. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. Um, obviously, I saw Crimes of the Future, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I rewatched Booksmart. Nice. Uh, which I like. Yeah. I had COVID like three weeks ago. And so I was just alone in a hotel room for Good 10 pick. days. And so I watched Booksmart. And like stuff like that makes me like I love it. But it also just makes me so depressed because it's like I'm not young. I, I wasn't know. like a gay girl as a teenager. <laughs> like I, I missed out, you know. Damn it. Even though I probably got more play as a as presenting <laughs> the way I did. But like, I don't know. You can always look back and be like, oh, man. I didn't get to be a sad, repressed girl as a teen. I was just a depressed boy. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, Booksmart is just such a fun movie. Um, I watched a lot of Sphere Hunter on nice. YouTube. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I always feel I, there's, like, so many things I watch that I just forget whenever we do this. But, like, I don't know. Everything's been great. 
I've been enjoying. It sounds things. like you watched a lot. I feel like I watched yeah. a lot of stuff and just You're don't remember. Don't remember anything anymore. Yeah. I just like, uh, oh my god! I started the other night. First kill. The Netflix vampire lesbian vampire show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fucking terrible. Oh, that's it is too bad. horrible. That's and like, too bad. I want another good vampire thing. I want I a good vampires. lesbian thing. Like anything with lesbians, I'm all about it. But it's just like I I watched two episodes, one and a half episodes. Felt like I watched four episodes. It's it's so unfortunate to me because the budget is so bad. Like the CG is horrible. It looks like it's like a bad episode of Buffy. Damn but like the makeout scene that they do in the first episode was legit. I was like, this is hot. This is so hot. Like the way it was filmed and everything, you know, and I'm just like, okay, it, like they obviously get that part of it. Mm-hmm. Like this seems realistic. This relationship seems chill. Yeah. And then it just cuts to like, it was even a thing where like, I don't know if they shot it like a unit B unit, but like it felt like, when they were shooting the, so it's about a vampire girl and a vampire hunter, like a hunter girl who hunts more than just vampires. When they were shooting the, like the Slayer family, like it looked way more digital. It almost felt like B unit, like had the cameras set wrong or like shot it on like Ari's and they, sh- or so they weird. shot it on reds and they shot it on Ari's like uh, for the vampire nah. family. It was so weird. And I'm like, it doesn't seem like a stylistic choice. Cause it wasn't like, we need to be stronger. Some, right. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. just like, why, when you're, we're over here, does the budget seem worse? It's so, so weird. It was so weird. I know so that weird. author loosely. She has this cool book about like a uh, supervillain. It's like a supervillain and a superhero. Mm. And they like become enemies, arch enemies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Similar thing here. Yeah. Oh, right. The big ones. I forgot. I watched Under the Banner of Heaven and Shining Girls, nice. both of which I really liked. Um, Still gotta watch Heaven. Yeah, Under the Banner of Heaven is cool. I saw an article come out today that they thought it was kind of unfair to Mormonism, which, like, to me, I think it's criticizing fundamentalism more than Mormonism because it shows the people in the show that it's kind of focusing on. I think the show is saying, this is going too deep. Um, Whereas, like, there are some other examples of people who are in the show who are Mormon who are, like, just normal, you know, standard good people you know and it's just like so it's like i don't think the show personally my read on it wasn't that it was saying like you know all mormons are bad or something like that it's just like these guys do are going way too far with it is like kind of what it was saying Mm. um and i think you could say that of any belief system it's like if you're if you're going super fundamental really intense it's probably not great but i don't know whatever um also yeah that's not my life experience i don't have I was raised Christian, but not Mormon, so I don't know. I don't really can't really comment on it. But Shining Girls, I really liked. It um, is on Apple TV. It's kind of weird, timey wimey, like neat stuff. I don't know. Kind of the less you know, the better. This little Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss, Moss. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That did remind me. I saw Severance. All of Severance. Yo, Severance, Severance is, is so good. good. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Severance is like unstoppably Severance. good. Does he have a check mark on? Oh yeah, that's a blue checkmark show. <laughs> according that, to Hubert, the, uh, he says I only people with blue checkmarks talk about. He refuses to watch it because no. he's like it's a blue no, checkmark. No, I watched show. the first like two. Oh right, it's too heavy. Like, yeah, it's, it's too, too heavy. heavy right now. Wrong, me, right? wrong uh, kind of heavy because it doesn't have heavy, watchers yeah. cutting people's heads off yeah. in it. Uh, it has okay. people with feelings in yeah. it, so it's like too. I know heavy. what you mean though. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I mean, circle uh, back. I used to have a blue check mark, and then I uh, committed blue check marks. Seppuku. <laughs> I what? Fell on, I fell on the sword. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I used to have a blue check mark when I was doing like journalism stuff because I wanted people to like uh, yeah. do interviews with me, and sometimes they wouldn't. And then I was like applied for one, I and they gave they gave me so one, and then all of a sudden people would do interviews. Yeah, when I was like, doing how'd you lose it? Stuff. What's that? How'd you? Well, then I felt silly because I had like 500 followers with a blue check mark. It looks so ostentatious. It looked like I had How did like, you get a cap it? with like crazy feathers in it. Like, look at me. We tried and we couldn't get it. So, like, yeah, it's like uh, impossible. Well, because I was also a TV producer. So I was like, oh, look at me. I did all these TV right. shows. Give me a check mark. And they're like, sure. So, but anyway, it looks so silly to have one with like <laughs> 500 followers. It is always, I mean, like, so I'm like, always like, hey, good for you, you know? But so it is like, always funny when I see someone who has like. 17,000 fewer followers than me. a lot. Severance is great. That's why. good. A lot. Anyway, I got rid of the blue check mark because I was embarrassed. I was ashamed of my words and deeds. (laughs) I'd be like, I love pizza. And they would have a blue check mark. It looks so silly. It's good. It's so silly. It's very smart and good and right to like pizza. I know. That's a blue check mark thought. Yeah. You were like, I like blue. I also thought when the I'm a coward. I thought when the revolution came, they're going to be like, all you with blue check marks up against the wall. Yeah. I'm sure that's who they'll so, go yeah, after anyway. first. Anyway, I got rid of mine. So <laughs> I didn't know you could get rid of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just you just admit you you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you you approached the you tribu- apology tribunal. Better. I promise to learn and do better. I'll be humble from now on. And oh. yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry to keep this dragging on and on and. I on. mean, whatever, dude. The energy in here is out of control. I was. It's been a hell at, of a day. I was looking after my 93 year old grandpa. Love that. This last week. And he and I watched the J- Judgment at Nuremberg. Oh, I thought oh, you were going to say he has a blue check no, mark. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Judgment at... He's got some hot takes. Fucking one of my... <laughs> on Twitter. Immediately one of my favorite movies of all time. I've never seen it. Three hour, 1961, all-star cast, Spencer Tracy, like oh, M- Montgomery Cliff, out of yeah. control, Maximilian Schell, like Judy Garland in there. She was nominated for an Oscar. Damn. Out of control. It's a uh, fictitious trials of Nuremberg for the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And it's primarily about the courtroom and putting on like the, the judges, these Nazi judges on trial, and if they're responsible for World War II uh, and, and everything that happened. You know, good like, God. were they just following orders or like right. can they be held responsible? And it's just a three-hour black and white epic masterpiece. It's amazing. Ten out of ten. You need to watch Failsafe. I talked about that with yeah. your grandpa when I was down yeah. hanging out with you guys. Okay. You need to watch Failsafe. It it's like immediately. On you would love it. Yeah. It's like a serious Doctor Strange love kind of. Sick. Have you seen Failsafe? Mm-mm. Oh, it's fucking sick. Came out like the year before Doctor Strange Love. I want to say. Maybe, Get wrecked but it's Stanley. like it's like the serious version of that takes place mostly in one room. Incredible movie! Wow, fail safe, awesome, so good, very cool. Yeah, nineteen fifty whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen Bad Day at Black Rock? It's a good grandpa movie. It's, I, <laughs> I've seen be- Bad Day at LA. I believe it's got Spencer Tracy in it. He is good, good day to die yeah. in LA. Yeah, Bad Day at Black Rock. Spencer Tracy, he's got one arm and he goes to this racist town full of people who I think there's like a um 
a Japanese man who's gone missing, and Spencer Tracy goes in and kicks all these racist ass. Even though, sick. even though he's got like one so arm. So sick. It's pretty good. I, I'm pretty sure it's Spencer Tracy. Spencer Bad day at Blackrock. It's like a Western. Amazing. Yeah, but like an anti-racist Western. Dude. Yeah. Highly recommend cool. it. Good yeah. grandpa movie. Good. Yeah. Good. Grandpa good. movies. Yeah, That's an episode grandpa. of Reaction When you see Chuck. it, you're like, oh, I didn't know Westerns could be like, screw all these racists. We got to protect yeah. this Japanese guy in this old Sick. Western town. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. Really cool. And plus he's got like one arm just beating everybody up. It feels almost like Quentin Tarantino-ish, but <laughs> yeah. way less racist than Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Um... Chill. I'm, I'm sure I watched a bunch of other stuff, but I can't think of anything right now. Should we talk about Cronenberg? We probably should. Uh, cool. So I asked our patrons at patreon.com slash easy allies in the $7 and up tiers. $7 tiers are fan, uh, film club tier, which is only going to get cooler when we start our Discord up next week. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, Steve Brohl. <laughs> Uh, yes. So I asked our patrons in the, for your health, guy. For, for your health, for yeah. John C. Riley. <laughs> Apparently, he goes skating sometimes at the rink I went skating at for three so hours last sick. night. Yeah. Did you go to Moonlight? Moonlight. Yeah, oh, we yeah, went to Gay like, Night. Yeah, 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 I should have like, called you. That's like five minutes away from my house. Yeah, I love that place. Now everyone yeah. knows the neighborhood to haunt to try oh, to meet yeah, Matthew. Yeah. Um, it's a big place. <laughs> it's a big neighborhood, yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently he goes there and skates sometimes. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Love John C. Riley. Love John C. Riley. Yeah. He went to my acting school. He gives the best melancholic vibe of all time. Sure. The man just seems like bittersweetly sad. Yeah. Tears of a clown. When he acts, though. Tears Not of a clown. Yeah. No, in real life, yeah, he seems yeah. very chill. Yeah. Um, anyways. I asked our patrons' favorite uh, some questions about Cronenberg. Uh, I'm going to group everything in this episode together because a lot of the answers I saw kind of just grouped everything together themselves anyway. So um, I said, let's talk about Cronenberg. We can also talk about Cronenberg's kids movie, his child's, not his movie for oh, kids. I was going to say. His son's there? movie, <laughs> Possessor. I believe it's his son. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we could talk about Possessor too, because whatever, half the people think it's made I by Cronenberg. I believe his daughter is directing a movie as well. Really? Um, I don't know if it's come out yet. But I yeah. hope it's better than David Lynch's daughter's movie. Oh, boxing. Mm, I don't remember uh, what it's called. Yeah, that one's weird. Box car yeah, racing. it was fine. But <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. Anyway, so I asked our patrons their favorite Cronenberg movie, the sexiest Cronenberg movie, and the nastiest Cronenberg movie, if different from above. I also asked them if Jurassic World Dominion has saved humanity, as Don claims it will. That looks like a Prince song, favorite, sexiest, nastiest. Oh my God! FSN. FSN. Yeah. <laughs> it might it not be, be that, but song. I'm gonna write a song called <laughs> "Favorite Sexiest Nastiest." Um, yeah. So, favorite sexiest and nastiest Cronenberg movie is what I asked our patrons, and I figure we'll just have a we'll just read these and talk about stuff. And I don't yeah. know. This would be a le- less structured. Uh, it'll be a more of an experiential episode of reaction shots, like a Cronenberg movie, sort of. Hell yeah. Um, but yes. Very important. Should we just talk life. about? Crimes of the Future right now? Well, because uh, Huber it. hasn't seen it. Yeah, we, I don't want to spoil, spoil it. it. No, we're so not going to spoil it, spoil so we can it. talk about it. No, because the viewers, uh, spoil we, we won't want to spoil it for them either. No, we're not so going to spoil it. We're not going to spoil it. How about we briefly, hear me out here, we briefly talk about Cronenberg's vibes as a director, and then yes. we say how Crimes of the Future sure. kind of goes and builds on that. <laughs> 
Great idea, because <laughs> it, it certainly does. Yeah, because Cronenberg oh, yeah. is, is widely known for sick-ass body horror. Yeah. S- uh, hypersexual, psychological content. Usually primarily. all at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Very uh, up my alley. Yeah, like peak 80s sci-fi you know, for, that's my favorite type of Cronenberg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, your scanners, your flies. I think Brutus. The Fly is ma- like one of the best movies, yeah. maybe ever. I but love The Fly. Do, does Crimes of the Future lean into into that? I would say that Crimes of the Future feels like a return yes. to weird sci-fi Cronenberg. Because he yeah. got away from it. You yeah. know, Eastern oh, he did. History of Violence, Cosmopolis, no, even is yeah. like pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's still like super violent, interesting Cronenberg, but What's they're the not like with the therapists. The Hollywood one, it's like no the, the with Kira Knightley and I didn't see that. Oh, one, a Dangerous Method, Dangerous yeah. Method. I yeah, saw yeah, that, yeah. and I was like, I was watching it, and I was too, like, when's yeah. the Cronenberg stuff yeah, happen? Yeah. Like, what is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that whole era. Yeah, it's been he's 20 been, years yeah, since soft he's done Cronenberg. It's really weird. Like what? a couple of decades since he's done a science fiction movie. History yeah. of Violence and Eastern Promises. They're though, sick. Are two of the best. Yeah. Oh, they're great. Yeah, this one definitely feels like a return, and like I was worried that. Because sometimes your Ridley Scotts, your whoever's, they return to their old oeuvre, mm-hmm. and they got old man syndrome now. They got vibes. They're like they're still talking about shit that we like figured out in the seventies. It's like we don't care about that anymore. Like shut up, you old bastard. Like you 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 already did this right forty years ago. Stop trying. You know, do something else interesting. So I was worried that Cronenberg would fall into that, and nah, <laughs> this shit is. <laughs> it's bleeding edge, man. Does it I rip. It rips, dude. This, this <laughs> yeah. shit rips. And like, I'm seeing it tonight, dude. It's super <laughs> I went late good. Last night, well, you Fucking invited Dawn. me. I believe yeah, I yeah. Ran oh out. yeah. I ran out to the late show. I, to I yeah. saw the late show at Jurassic Park, dude. I got fucked. I saw this yeah. movie middle of the day on a Friday with Sophia. We came out of the Alamo Draft House. Still sunny outside. We were both just like, Ugh. <laughs> it was. Um, also, oh yeah, I, I wanted to, re- to remember to say this before the screening at Alamo Draft House. You know, they usually will have like a quick little video from the director, yeah. and normally it's like, "Hey, we really had a great time working on this." Whatever. Like, um, sometimes it's a joke about like, "Hey, don't talk, or we'll I'm sick so this hyped. dinosaur I'm on so you." So hyped for this. Oh my god, Cronenberg's. My hype is a ten right now. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. What? It just cuts in on Cronenberg, and you know he's got this intensity of his his gaze, his eyes. He's just like looks like he's like staring through you and you feel like you've done something wrong, but you're like he's like not mad at you for it. You know, like that's just his gaze. This thing is like literally seven seconds long, and he just goes, I'm David Cronenberg. And I've got a bone to pick with the future. <laughs> and then there's like a weird pot, like, and then it just held on him for a second and then cut to the movie. I and I was that. just like, yeah. whoa! <laughs> Set the tone. Yeah, I was like, what? Sick. He Love does. It. And you know what? I think this is his most political movie. Oh, for sure. His most statement. political. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, overt- it it's overtly political. Like, the oh. movie is about. Politics. I've avoided and like, every single. Piece yeah, we of won't go into yeah, it. But like, honestly. I didn't, I rea- I didn't like realize tentacles. it was political until this morning. Because the movie kind of is like a little vague. Where it takes, it took me a little while to piece it together. Yeah, yeah. And then once I realized like what the themes are pointing to get to, I was like, oh, 
he's a little pissed off. Yeah, he's, he's angry. a little pissed off. Sick. And I was like, cool. Because like a lot of times he's he's playful and vague yeah. and philosophical and kind of wants you to just like think about shit. Right. But this this movie felt like he had a point. Yeah. And once I realized the point, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it's right. funny because like, and I wonder if there is a way we can discuss it without spoiling it for anyone because I truly do think that this movie is the less you know, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. I, I, I like I like the impact when it's when it hit me rather yeah, than like yeah. having it given. So yeah, I but it's it like be vague. Yeah, I I really wonder if what the movie meant to me is the same thing that it meant to you. <laughs> Maybe not. Because yeah. like for me, I'll just say like as a as a trans gay person, uh, there were themes in there that felt very resonant for mm-hmm. me and like who the movie seems to be positioning itself against um resonates with me I'll I'll say and like I really loved it and like the it was so funny because the reviews are middling I think I, I don't recall exactly the number but it was like don't like Rotten Tomatoes no I know it was like Rotten Tomatoes somewhere like not great yeah like the score was not good yeah. right and and I saw it and I was just like, no, this is great. Like I really loved it. And like, yeah. it's it's a culmination of a lot of different like I think drives from from Cronenberg, right? Obviously, there's the body horror stuff. Obviously, there's the sexual stuff. But just like structurally, like storytelling, it reminds me kind of of Dead Ringers, like pacing wise, where it's like less about a plot happening yeah. and more about just little like moments in time and characters just being themselves mm-hmm. happening yeah. in linear time more like dead ringers feels kind of like that like it felt maybe narratively structurally most similar to that yeah for me. but it's a little yeah. bit of a puzzle yeah and like, it's, it's a little it, it's it does not tell you also. everything it's goofy it's as hell silly. yeah like, it, it feels it, like a little bit of existence because it has kind of yes. mystery like, that little bit of goo vi- like it's it literally is like structurally pacing dead ringers body horror yeah. vibes existence six, six. but yeah. like darker yeah like it, much darker i laughed but i laughed more than i expected it's and cr- funny Kristen sometimes Stewart and david uh what's his name i keep forgetting his name david oh the other Strether. the registry guy yeah he's yeah. the guy whistler and sneakers Fuck i'm yeah, terrible uh, at pronouncing his name david strathern straight strahan strahan yeah yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he's uh i didn't realize that was him but yeah Spance. that's him yeah. yeah they're hilarious not Ashford. not him Ashford. Is that the same guy? Did I'm it, not yeah. sure because I haven't I'm seen not sure if that fans. was. I don't. Yeah. Whatever. If it is he, the same guy, I didn't recognize. He's him. like Nomad Lane recently. Yes, yeah, that's him. Hundred percent. I'm not sure if that's him in Crimes of the Future though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'll check because <laughs> it looked. He looked really different. Um, Confirming though, him Nomad Land and him same person. Yes. Yeah, that is it's him. Nomad Land and the Whistler guy in sneakers. The Vine guy yeah. in sneakers. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He's they're hilarious him yeah. and Kristen Stewart and it's like, really funny I'm kind of like yeah. neutral on Kristen Stewart she was so funny in this nice so funny in a way where I'm like oh you must be really funny in real life yeah. to be able to play this character yeah. in such a funny way yeah how funny is I that I was like laughing out loud yeah constantly in this movie Kind of when I showed up to the movie theater, it was empty. Yeah. And then as soon Don as I walked, McKellar is this guy. Oh, okay. Wait, that wasn't not him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I got it wrong. No, 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 no. That's that's the dad. So keep going. Oh, that's Here the we, dad. Uh, keep going. Well, we're, this is probably boring for the. Yeah, you keep that, talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, can't remember. He's like I got a bit part. 
Yeah. So, but anyway, he's the bureau guy. Yeah, I know who we're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Anyway. So, no, this is the dad. Scott Speedman is oh, the guys, dad. So did, I, did I totally get it wrong then? Yeah, Whippet is the guy's Aww. name. Okay, well, I got it wrong. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. He's got similar vibes. Yeah, yeah he does have similar wrong. vibes. Nice. He has similar wow. vibes. No, that's rare. <laughs> you, you very rarely make mistakes. So, Anyway, they're hilarious. They're Kristen amazing. Stewart and this other fella, the yeah. <laughs> Isla just named. Yeah, this other dude. Yeah, Don. <laughs> they're both hilarious. Well, um, and it's funny because this this obviously was my like ex ex Cronenberg uh, movie, yeah. and Sophia hasn't seen too many of them, and so I am kind of in tune with. You know what you're getting his, into. Well, but his directorial style with actors, like on for his weirder ones, like th- there are, he has many different modes, but for these like heightened hypersexual body horror ones, the acting rises up to it in a weird way where it's like heightened, you know, and like Kristen Stewart in one of the scenes that I think you're picturing, her acting is like bonkers weird and like it doesn't f- read as natural um, unless you're like used to and like there are reasons for it in the story and stuff but whatever but like if you're not used to Cronenberg's like heightened reality that like the acting is even being like sci-fi body horror yeah. weird freak out acting it's like talking to someone is is a sexual experience right like someone's mouth is an orifice mm-hmm. and you're oh, talking to them and like thinking about their orifice Dude, yeah. you know and it's just like that's a very Cronenbergian kind of a thing, it. and I really love... I wish I never saw Rabid. There's, like, a mouth in a fucking armpit, and, like, someone's, like, banging it out. Dude, I hate that. <laughs> I do not, I do not yeah, like Rabbit either. I haven't that. seen that Rabbit's one. That's one of the probably, few I haven't yeah. seen. Rabbit might be my least favorite of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, was I that his like first Rabbit. or his second? That's his second, second I think. Maybe. I think it's his second. I think it's his second. Shivers, Shivers, I think, is the first. I never saw that one. It's, like, I, hard to find. Shivers is, is fun. Nice. Shivers is... I think it's also called They Came From Within. It's, like, nice. like a weird... They named it a couple different times. I saw a weird thing, too, that seemed to indicate that crimes of the future might have been uh this might be like or it was an idea he had a long time ago he made a short film a short film i didn't didn't see i haven't seen it either so this is an idea he's had for a long time so he literally has a bone to pick with the future because it's like yeah it was like early short film so dope and now it's this and i want now that i've seen i wanted to wait to see the short film until after i'd seen the full one because I want to, I want to kind of see in reverse, yeah, the evolution of this idea. That's fun. That's I would fun. say someone walked. Out, I was the only person in the theater when I showed up. Yeah. Um, they were like, when I walked in, some they go, the theater workers go, oh, it's Crimes guy, and pointed to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it must be him. Yeah. And then I was like, am I the only person that wants to see this amazing movie? Yeah. <laughs> and they said, eh, it's thrown a lot of people. A lot of yeah. people leave. Is well, what they p- said people to me. in Can- p- apparently people in Cannes like left. If you're like, not ready for many walkouts oh, well, they, but it's they weird because Cronenberg. no i know that's yeah. the thing is like sophia after the movie because she knew what point of the movie people walked out and it's like and i won't say what it is but it's like almost immediately mm-hmm. and it's like one of the least it's not a cronenberg kind of a thing that made them leave because it's like if you're in a cronenberg movie especially a body horror yeah. cronenberg movie you have to know what you're getting into yeah. and it's like nothing in this movie was like overly disgusting yeah 
like that would make people walk out, right? Yeah. It was something else kind of that made them do it, but somebody wa- so somebody eventually showed up for my screening and then they walked out after 20 minutes. They came minutes. in and then Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I we talked about this before the episode, yeah. Huber, where like sometimes I get excited when people leave where I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, dude. Leave. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. You can't, dude. You can't hack this. it. You can't handle the truth." Yeah. I've also been that person too where I get it sometimes where I'm like, "If you're leaving just cuz you're protecting yourself, where you're like, yeah. I'm not in the mood to do this to myself. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. I get that. I've yeah. walked out twice. I walked uh, out. I walked out of Irreversible. I was like, oh, I can't. I can't, yeah. I can't do this right now. Um, I've only seen parts of that. Yeah, I've never, yeah, yeah. never I gotten through the whole thing. I, walked out. Yeah. I wish I had walked out of Alexander, and I saw that the night before it came out because I worked at the theater, and we had to like. QA screen the the film rolls mm. so it was just me and a friend of mine sitting there watching Alexander and I had my Game Boy uh, and I was alone in the theater <laughs> with my friend and I was still pissed I was like this movie is trash <laughs> capital T I do like when people leave though in a huff like yes. well I object right. that's, yeah. that's yeah. fine I mean yeah. you can Money tell they're back. leaving I left. They, leave, they leave loudly like where they're like yeah. let me <laughs> get my <laughs> stuff <laughs> you can see the silhouette of their shaking head yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. exactly <laughs> I, I walked out of drag me to hell because jump scares were freaking me out and I didn't it was like so scaring many me jump scares. yeah I was just like I don't like this I'm, I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting really stressed out. Yeah, the the jump scares per second are like triple digits. And then I walked out of daylight, I think, because I was like getting an upset stomach. Daylight or daylight break? Yeah, this is like a... Spider. Daylight? The one with the flooding tunnel. That's a white spider. That's a very Cronenberg thing. I don't like Spider underwater with stuff. Ray Fiennes. Oh my! I never I, saw that that's one. That's another one I don't like. Fucking actually. hell! What? So I feel like, and this is a good thing to bring up, dude. I fractured like, mind. I feel like sometimes <laughs> he loves fractured minds. He absolutely. Loves I feel like Cronenberg sometimes, and he's one of my favorite directors. Sometimes he can lean towards misogyny. Yeah. Sometimes, and not not in all of his movies, but sometimes. I feel like like he explores like violence towards lots of people, including yeah. towards women. But sometimes I feel like he leans towards it in a way that feels exploitative in a way that it feels like he's angry at women. Is sure. the impression I get as like the director? There are some feels definitely, yeah, that feel women. that way, and not not in a way where like I'm exploring this theme. It feels like he's taking something out on women, and sure. those movies leave me with a bad taste. And not Sp- all of them. Spider has that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with, yeah, especially at the conclusion. Seen yeah, it yeah. In a while. <laughs> well, like Dead Ringers is an interesting one because it's about fucking gynecologists. Yeah, and that one I think rides the line. I don't remember. I mean, it's been a minute since I've watched it, but it like. I don't remember it crossing over um, into misogyny. That one's a hard call for me. It's a hard call because it's about misogynists. It's true. And like I, that one for me, I feel like I'll, I'll let you as women tell, right. tell me how you feel about like, it. To me, that's because about... Like, I don't ever have to go to a right. doctor and, and have, <laughs> right. that, have that happen. So. I mean, to me, it's like <laughs> the characters in that are yeah. definitely like not on the up and up about <laughs> women. So it's, I don't know. This one is interesting to me though, because I think a theme, it's kind of interesting because you're not wrong, but another theme in a lot of his stuff is gender role reversals. Like mm-hmm. this movie really does it. Like there are scenes where like male bodies are, are given vaginal, you know, and like, or 
scenes are shot in a way where it's like the female character is actually menacing the male character in a, in a sense. And so like there are, there are role reversals in this movie that I think are part of kind of what it's talking about, which is really interesting. Yeah. And without getting into specifics, but there are other times where he's so smart about it. Right. He seems like the opposite. Yeah. He's definitely feels like subversive and critiquing sort of like masculinity in a way that would definitely make misogynist feel super uncomfortable yeah where i'm like okay you're very smart and on the side of cool progressive people so i feel like yeah. it's almost like the in his brood. his older catalog exactly yeah yeah, like, yeah. The brood the brood is brood is and like yeah, fucking yeah. favorite i am oh. i am a massive proponent of people changing and learning over mm. the course of their careers and lives and like i think that yeah mistakes should be learned from not destroy you most of the time (laughs) unless your mistakes are you know actually egregious terrible things but like yeah this this one is so interesting because yeah it definitely like is commenting on that and like loosely speaking a movie about transhumanism and posthumanism like couldn't be misogynist because that would just fly in the face of the entire theme you know um and I, i think that's so interesting and like i think crash um kind of deals with that too in a way like there's some stuff in that where it's like like when i was younger and stuff about cheating really used to bother me like you know and like it doesn't as much now but like there were moments in that that made me so deeply uncomfortable because i was like i was feeling very possessive over like that's the character's wife like that can't happen like what's happening you know like but now thinking about it it's like okay like if they're all into it like that's fine and like there are there are things in Crash that like mess with gender roles in interesting ways and like I don't know so it's so weird he like yeah sometimes does stuff very traditionally sometimes too uh, misogynistically and then other times is like super chill about gender mm-hmm. roles and stuff so it's like it's very interesting it makes me wonder yeah like if he worked through some stuff or like if what was going on always. yeah and I will say that like um, talking to uh, a lot of my friends who are women who are super into film the reads on Cronenberg are all over the map so yeah some love the love him and some are like ah, I can't do it he's too much for me I've heard that for him to, I read an interview with him about dead ringers and he said that like he gets complaints from men all the time that men say dead ringers is misogynistic and that women tell him they like dead ringers because they're scared of going to doctors yeah. and that yeah. they were like oh thank you you put my like fears in a movie so yeah like, like that to me is like <laughs> that's a movie about the system being predatory and like these men taking advantage of, of women and stuff it made me very uncomfortable it's a super uncomfortable <laughs> movie <laughs> yeah it's and like and just there. like the like objectifying and like trophyizing mm-hmm. like fe- feminine bodies and stuff that one happens the, in that yeah one of the few movies where you're just like relieved when it's over you're just like finally oh yeah most crash too like yeah, most like, they're over <laughs> the fly i'm like yo run it again run it again <laughs> run it again existence too because yeah. it like ends so abruptly kind of it's just yeah. like oh okay that happened we're done all right fine um Naked Lunch is definitely a... Uh, Naked Lunch and Dead Ringers are like... <laughs> that one's a chore, dude. Times, yeah. That is a chore. Mm-hmm. It's not bad, but it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. We are steeped... I tried reading Naked Lunch. Oh yeah, Naked Lunch is kind of fun to read. I, I mean, like I, I maybe I could try I like it again, that. but like, oh boy. I made it like halfway through and I was just like, God, I, I, I 
haven't done drugs, so maybe that's the my problem. Like I don't know. I was maybe that like, was my problem. <laughs> maybe. Well, no, but I was like, st- I was like steeped in reading Bukowski and shit at the time, and like all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It feels like Burroughs would have fit in, but we haven't talked about Videodrome yet, which actually yeah, is, that's my favorite. Oh, that's, that's your favorite? A, yeah, that's the top of my list. I've seen it. It's been a minute since God, I've seen I it. I remember it. not liking it the first time and then really liking it the second time. Oh, no, like, we don't want a Windows update. Tape you. in flesh. I mean, I love him, like, the practical effect. And yep, it's like, you can yep. see how they do it, but, like, it's when he's, like, so kissing sick. the TV, it's, the, it's, like, so funny. I love it. it I, like, though, it's so important. Like, I cannot stress enough how important David Cronenberg's science fiction is to my entire life. Because, like, Scanners, The Fly, Videodrome showed me a side of movies that like I didn't know about at the time. Yeah. Like practical effects, science fiction that's saying something that mm-hmm. just has a vision mm-hmm. and is so like the visuals line up with what is trying to be said just so one of a kind David Cronenberg's filmography. When did you get into Cronenberg? College, college. Like San Francisco's amoeba, just combing through that that video store. Just like, dude, I'm getting, I'm going through all of his movies. Let's go. Starting at like the earliest and just going through. But even before that, actually, that's when I got into going through Cronenberg's movies. The Fly was just a sick fucking movie I liked growing (laughs) up. I saw that as a kid. Yeah, Yeah, I saw The Fly as a teenager. Yeah, ten year old teenage you is just like, yo the fly there's nothing like it like then i saw the original the black and white one i still haven't seen it i've never seen it it's so cronenberg's is better it's so low budget you can like see the helmet that that the dude is wearing but like yeah one of my biggest fears like you're 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 scared of underwater structures yeah giant fly eyes it's nasty <laughs> that's mine it gets me. So the original is just like a big fly head, you know? Yeah. And it's terrifying. Yeah. Whereas Cronenberg's is like a mutant, you know, blah, brindle flying. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just remembered about Fast Company. I was in Cinephile, the video store here in LA with Sophia. We were we were in there and we were looking around for something. And then I was looking up at the TV and I, it was like a racing movie. And I was yeah. like, what? I was like, what is this? And I was like, cause it was like kind of interesting, like cool shots and stuff. And the guy was like, yeah, this is fast company. It's a David Cronenberg movie. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I forgot what? about yeah, that. Racing His one. racing movie. Yeah. I it's ne- like I a Canadian yeah, racing yeah. movie. Yeah. And it's like pretty straight ahead. Yeah. yeah. And he made it like after rabid yeah. and shivers and stuff. And I was just like, what? Yeah. I've never even I'd never even heard of it up to that moment, and we just stood there in the store watching it, and it was just a normal just ass. Fine, yeah. To my knowledge, I've never actually sat down and watched it, but I was just like seeing it in in this video store, That's and I was so like, funny. David Cronenberg made a racing race car so, movie, like hired gun. Or yeah, I was like you know? early in his career, like yeah. yeah, and then he made The Brood, and it's the like, brood. and then Scanners, and then Videodrome, and then Dead Zone, and then Fly, and then Dead, Dead Ringers, and then you know Naked Lunch. And it's just like, like, oh okay, you defi- took off after that. Like definitively, him and Carpenter, best eighties sci-fi. I like, mean, those two are like the two to me. Yeah. Like growing up, like, it's like in, that's on Max. In college, it was always like Cronenberg, Soderbergh, you know, yeah. Carpenter, you know, like those are like the fun, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, David Fincher snuck in there later, like with more like drama stuff for me. Yeah. In that kind of like cat- category, I don't know, 
I grouped them together, those yeah. four for some One reason. One I always throw in with Cronenberg, even though it's not, is uh, Reanimator. Oh, yeah. No, Just that's, the vibes um, of it. What's his name? Stanley <laughs> yeah. something? I've met him, actually. Nice guy. No. Um, I can't remember his name right now. I met that actor, too, a couple of times. He's super cool. You know what's Combs. funny is I do not enjoy any of the violence in Cronenberg's movies. Yeah. But I... I need for it to be there. Yeah. Because it adds so much potency. Eastern promises. It adds dude. so much potency to the rest of You're the right, movie. Yeah. And yeah. it adds so much tension for me to yep. know it's coming. Well, and, it's, and it adds so much charge to the yeah. phil- charge, philosophical charge. themes. Charge is the right word. And what will happen is a lot of times, almost all of the Cronenberg movies I see, I walk out of the theater and I go, I don't think I like that. Yeah. And then like a day or two later, I'm <laughs> like, that I love, yeah, I love it. Movie. I, and yeah. what'll happen is those like horrible violent scenes yeah. will just Dig. glue to my brain. And they'll like roll around. Well, like, yeah. I mean what you and said is draw like draw me back. The philosophical me back to think about it more. Yeah. yeah. And it, like, it like mixes with yeah, the yeah. philosophy of it. Yeah. I'm thinking of one thing right now, and I think it I, I I challenge you to come up with a better one to highlight this exact thing. Brundlefly vomiting on that man's foot. Mm-hmm. Vomiting on the foot. It sums up the transformation, <laughs> the Brundlefly I hate that moment so much. It's so intense. Every time you've talked about the fly tonight, that's, that's the image that yeah, comes to yeah, my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, Dude, for me, when I think of the fly, I think of, I think of, I think of like... keyboard also. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> when he's like... <laughs> just, yeah. I think, vomit. like, but what you were saying is so true because, like, to me, the fly is about like the tragedy of loss and like losing control of your body and illness and all this kind of, and like the loss of love and potential because of like chronic illness or death or whatever. And it's like the the graphic imagery, the violence, the disgust shores up those elements and makes them visceral. And it's like you feel yeah, the you loss feel and the pain, you know. And it's just like that's because of how intense it goes. And like. Sometimes I think it's more effective than others throughout his his whole body of work, but like by and large, yeah, it's just like it's so necessary yeah. for it, and he's saying something with it. Like, yeah. there's a big difference between, and like obviously, not every moment is like super poignant or whatever, but like I think that on the whole, yeah, he's using the 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 body horror and the like disgust and the violence to shore up yeah. what he's saying instead of just like sensationalizing it and having it be there to be there, you know, and like sell tickets. And it's whatever. both you repellent were, and attractive exactly, at the yeah. same time. You, yeah. were being, you were being harsh on the boys at the top of this episode, but this season, the shocking gore violence has such a strong purpose. Does it? Yes. Like, the first, the, the, a lot of the, bo- that's part yeah. of what I don't yeah. like about the boys is that a lot of it is just... Yeah sensationalized yeah. and like shock like gross yeah. out stuff and it's just like sometimes obviously even in the boys that's like meaningful and impactful like yeah. when his girlfriend gets exploded in the very first episode but like a lot of times it's just kind of there to be like yeah. whoa wasn't that cool like oh yeah, you blew fair. that guy up yeah. and i'm just like yeah but why though yeah why did you smear that guy's brains all over the wall like scanners, what are you saying i feel like if scanners <laughs> was remade like they would maybe lose the point of the head exploding because, like, I feel like nowadays the head exploding is yeah, it's iconic. Is the meme? It yeah. is the you know. If you're remaking that, you're like, okay, how do we? How do we? Tell how it? do we meme this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do we? How do we? How do we make this go viral? 
And it's I like, mean, it's it's like yeah, any remake like like Total Recall or whatever and yeah. stuff, where it's just like. I mean, not saying Total Recall is the original is like some like genius like deep philosophical masterpiece, but at least it had like those vibes, you know. And yeah. like so often the remakes are just like sterilized and they lose that kind of stuff. Like I, I would, I would uh, not not put high hopes in anyone trying to remake a Cronenberg movie, no. like to to keep anything from it. Like no, I can't even. Imagine also, that. why would you? Like, what would be the point? So, yeah, at this point. So much of culture's violence has probably eclipsed what Cronenberg d- has done in intensity. Like yeah. Back in the day, Cronenberg probably was at the cutting edge of like, ah, oh, this is the most crash like blew people's know. minds. But now, sometimes I think less is more. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was going to ask you, what yeah. do you think it is about his stuff that still makes it so potent? Because feelings. crimes of the future, feelings. Yeah, 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 feelings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you think so? Like you yeah. can, like you can do, you can do like Green Inferno until your eyes come out of your head. Mm. And it's like, if I don't give a shit about these people. Exactly, yes. And also, like, was it you and I talking about this? Or maybe it was Sophia and I talking about this, where it's like, there's a weird trend in horror movies where they like to, or maybe you and I were talking about this while writing, but like, there's a weird trend in horror movies where they like to make you dislike the characters. Uh, Was that us? Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. You just like hate everybody, and then who gives a shit? Right, then it's like, because like, I think their idea is oh, it'll be fun to watch these people you hate get railroaded. And it's like, sure, like, that works sometimes. Like, Cabin in the Woods, like, that works because the vibe is so funny anyway. But, like, that's a tough one to pull off. I think you can pull it off, but it's a tough one to pull off. Brad and I have, like, one of my favorite inside jokes of all time with Brad is about Insidious 3, (laughs) which nobody gives a shit about. Yeah. Our inside joke is, I wanted her to live. Because it's a horror movie and the lead girl is like being possessed and like you care so much about her. You're like, please be okay. And we came out of it like, dude, that movie is fucking 10 out of 10 amazing (laughs) because you care about one character. I I was saying when someone dies in a horror movie, I want to go... No. Yeah, yeah. I want exactly. to go. No. <laughs> and like, then when you rewatch it, you like, you're like willing it to happen different. You're like, yeah. you're like, change, yeah. change, do something. Oh no. So I, th- this brings me to my tweet I want to read, which is hilarious and not a spoiler. I I found this tweet online before I saw Crimes of the Future. I thought this was a real tweet. Turns out it's not. It's yeah. just a joke tweet. Okay. But before I saw Crimes of the As Future, as in it's not actually from Cronenberg. This is just a joke. Someone I else made this, it. I thought this was a spoiler. Okay. But it's not a spoiler about Crimes of the Future. Okay. <laughs> but I was waiting for this moment in the movie. Okay. So eight. This person eighth month name. Don't know who they are. But they said, "Wow, just got out of a screening of Crimes of the Future, and I am floored. Had no idea." idea how nipple man would tie into a complex story about pleasure and mortality but nipple man will have you crying <laughs> laughing and cheering he makes the whole film work bravo cronenberg <laughs> so, <laughs> so i was man. like okay like, this yeah, let's see let's see what nipple Weirdly, man though, does. like <laughs> i feel like they had to have seen the movie before coming up with that joke because it's like it oh, works yeah. kind of it was it was like early before the movie was released widely so That's i was like are so they can funny. or what what's yeah good? but that no, does no nipple vibe. man so that i guess maybe that is a spoiler no nipple no man. Well, yeah sorry. there's no nipple sorry. man sorry there is an oh, ear man is that a spoiler yeah there are ear man i think that he's in the trailer um there are nipples in the movie mm, male and female and child 
Yeah, enough to go around. Anyway, yeah, that. whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a crazy movie. Um, yes, Cronenberg, fantastic stuff. I, I realize we haven't read a single patron no. comment. That's one of a some. kind. Um, one of a kind, Cronenberg. Truly one of a kind. Yeah. Uh, a gift to the craft. Absolutely. That's the thing. Yeah, it just feels so unique every single time. It's unique. Like, yeah. His hand is so steady. Yep. Steady at the yeah. what is it? Keel. Steady at the wheel. Yeah. Like more. Is this blasphemous? More, more defined of a filmmaker. None of that is real. You can say like anything Steven you want. Spielberg. Like Cron- a Cronenberg movie is just like so Cronenberg. They're just very different. But yeah. I mean, like I hear what you're saying, and I, yeah. I don't disagree. It's so. Oh, Cronenberg. In, in the Twitter game, you have to give up whatever. I didn't give up Spielberg before I gave up Cronenberg. Well, sure, Spielberg. yeah. Uh, I mean, I would I? I think I also yeah. would. Well, <laughs> I think I might also. Sorry, E.T. I'm keep. I'm Jurassic keeping Park. Video would be, Jurassic Park <laughs> would hurt. and Private Ryan are better than all movies said. Even so. all Cronenbergs? Probably. Wow. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't pose a serious challenge. <laughs> I forgot. To me, it's that. like. <laughs> <laughs> to me, when it comes to like awkward sex and like weird shit. Cronenberg and early Soderbergh, like, you know, videotape, like, just so good. But anyway. Weird uh, shit. So a refresher, I asked our patrons, favorite Cronenberg movie, sexiest and nastiest, favorite, if different from nastiest. sexiest. Favorite, fave, sexiest, <laughs> nastiest. Um, David Ra- Warren says, Videodrome is the sexiest and maybe best. Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. D's butts, my answer is the fly to all of the above. Hell yeah. Logan Tosse, I never say your name right. Um, I read that as if Possessor was a kids movie, and I was very confused. Yeah, I wrote it as we could talk about his kids movie too, but it's his, the movie made by his kid. Um, History of Violence is the only one of his I've seen, so my answer for all of the above. Great movie. History still, of Violence. Do you still is, feel like we're both going to talk about it? You want to go? You Let's can. both talk about question. it at the same no, time. No, no, no. I have, no I have okay, a yeah. To, to I'll, I'll make a brief statement yeah. where. Uh, I had a weird movie-going experience with History of Violence where I was I enjoying it. it, and the person next to me oh, I hated this. it. I remember and this. And was like making like a show of hating it. They yeah. were, he was just like he was just like, oh, give me a break. What? Like he, I don't think he spoke, yeah. but the whole <laughs> movie he was like, what? like doing the gestures, right? So like the annoying. what? Uh. And and like it was a very weird thing because I was just like. The, the the vibe of that movie was very heightened and very weird and the acting is very stilted but then at the end of it I remember like you said I, during it I was like do I like this? I'm like this is so bad and weird it has to be on purpose and then the next day I was like yeah that was great mm-hmm. and he just hated it the whole time because like the choices were so on the nose it's like, it's like Shutter Island to me where it's like it's like the filmmaking is so bad and obvious that it has to be on purpose. And then once you know what the movie's about, you're like, okay, yeah, that was on purpose. They were, sh- they were. Re- my theory about Shutter Island. Is I actually like, just think Shutter Island's bad. I think it might just he be made, bad. He it, and he it might just be bad. <laughs> but like, there are so many things where it's like the editing is is so bad that it must be on purpose. The the green screening and compositing is so bad that it might be on purpose because I felt like they were pointing you to the artifice of the filmmaking to signal something to you, which fits the movie if you, you know what I'm talking about. But like maybe it was just a shitty movie. I don't know. <laughs> but Shutter Island. 
Shutter Island. Yeah. yeah. History of Violence, though, is a similar way where, like, yeah. everyone talks weird and acts weird and nothing yeah. seems right. And it's like, okay, you're just doing the comic book thing or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask if movie. you still think we get stories like that. I feel like History of Violence is, like, respects the audience. Yeah. I feel like it's like, yo, keep up. It's keep it's up. restrained, yeah, and it takes time to do the thing. I had yeah, a, and you don't really, you get you kind of just get dropped into it. You don't really know all the details. It's been a minute. I only saw it that one time, yeah. but yeah, I remember being like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, it builds up to the thing. Nice. Yeah. I, I, like, nice I like that that tension. My experience was the opposite of yours, where I was in a theater full of people who loved it just a little too much. Oh. Where every single violent mm. thing that happened Woo! to, oh, to right. good people or bad people, Jesus. everyone loved. So someone bad got their face smashed in. Yeah! Good everyone God. around me. Someone bad. This is the point of yeah, the yeah, movie, yeah. Someone, someone good got hurt. Yeah! And I was wow. like, in God. my seat, like, looking around, like, <laughs> hundreds the of people around me. That's why like, Michael Haneke <laughs> made funny games right <laughs> yeah, there. Like, like that's it. Yeah, that's it. it. That theater experience <laughs> is that. I was like, I don't relate to... My fellow humans. Right yeah, now. no. Like Homer shrinking into yeah. the Dude, I I understand that vibe because that's how I feel about humanity pretty much all the yeah. time. I'm just I, like, what are we all doing here? I love violence, but like. But what? I mean, I guess it was kind of like part what? of the point of the movie, but I experienced it way too intensely with yeah. that audience. Yeah. At the, I mean, I, the I was pros. laughing all the way through yeah. funny games, so who am I to talk? But. But I was laughing with him against myself. Yeah. <laughs> right? I was like, I'm in on the joke. I'm like, you think we're all monsters for liking this. I get it. This uh, is funny. Uh, like, fuck me. You're right. Like, I, fuck me for watching. <laughs> you're right. Like, you're totally right. Um, yeah. History of Oz is a weird one. It's, it's interesting. A good, yeah, it's a good movie, though. I it's like, so like different. It. And it's like, it fits into the that middle period where Eastern it's like promises, Eastern Promises, that Dangerous Method. Yeah. Cosmopolis 2, kind of. Yeah. I really liked Cosmopolis. Yeah. I liked Don DeLillo. I love that author. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't seen that movie because one of my favorite authors sure is one of my it's favorite It's Don DeLillo, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. Don DeLillo, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Don DeLillo is incredible. Yeah. Is, I love his book so much. Is the bathhouse the best scene he's ever done? The Eastern, Eastern Promises, Promises fight? Yeah. Um, no. It's one of his most impressive. I don't know if best. It's a very well choreographed fight. Maybe technically. Yeah. Maybe technically. And it's yeah. just like such a cool choice to have a naked fight scene. If you like that, I would recommend Zatoichi oh, yeah. uh, goes to the Fire Festival. Oh, I haven't seen that one. That's the best Zatoichi movie with better than Blind Swordsman. Uh, Takashi, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Takashi Kitano. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a, it's the original Shit. source material. Although I do love the Beat Takeshi one. That yeah. one's great. But uh, Zatoichi goes to the Fire Festival has this incredible bathhouse scene that I'm pretty sure David Cronenberg had to be inspired by. <laughs> where it's like some naked I, I recall they're fighting in a, in a bathhouse. I recall something so much fun of him so saying it was inspired by something. Uh, if yeah, you like, tight. I mean, like Eastern Promises is also great in its own distinct way. Like yeah. I think he did his own thing. But if you like it, you also find that one fun yeah i just realized that they've worked together yeah a bunch of times um (laughs) tyler travis existence is beautiful genre trash that i love crash is just trash (laughs) that sounds like a haiku it's probably the right amount of syllables is if we did a line split existence is beautiful it's already wrong uh almost there though almost existence existence that's three is (laughs) It's not, <laughs> but it's I like, a, it's I like poetry. your headset. It's poetry, it's still poetry. for sure. <laughs> um, it's really funny because Crash, like I was saying, the first time I saw it, I found it very upsetting 
and it like bothered me a lot the way like straw dogs will bother you yeah especially yeah and especially i i see now that my source of discomfort was i think probably because i was still working through relationships and my own position with regard to a partner and i was still working through my like early late teens early 20s kind of like possessive kind of um you know how i think when we're younger we we tend to try to like like i don't know do you know what i mean like you're trying to like with another person you're like no you're you're with me you know like you you're mine or whatever and like that movie really deals with flexibility in that area which like now i'm like okay yeah that's great like if everyone's consenting it's fine but like that was somewhere i was like growing and like that movie pushed against it um in a way that made me very uncomfortable back then um i just didn't get when i saw i didn't get it when i saw it i didn't get it i took the whole car crash turning you on thing too literally Mm. and i did not understand any of (laughs) cronenberg's movie ends the movie ends and i put it back in the 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 netflix thing i'm like i didn't get it (laughs) i think it's i I think it's it's a movie that helps if you see the rest of his work yeah and know about his like concepts about like technology and like where the human body body is headed and like yeah. merging with like steel and flesh and all that stuff like just watching it isolated it makes yeah. no sense at all yeah, yeah. at least that's a I really good point yeah. that's order. a really good point yeah through his yeah. his works yeah i mean that's a really good point because like that is a common theme like post-humanism transhumanism um which means like melding of of the body or like evolving beyond what humans are right now and like comfort with that notion and like um, deviant sexual desires like come in a lot too and Crash is like gonna fucking hit you with a car with that mm-hmm. like oh boy and yeah. like yeah I mean like it's been you know a decade or more since I've seen Crash but like I can't remember specifically if I thought like what the metaphor was but other than just like hey some people are aroused into by some stuff shit, yeah, yeah into some weird shit and like I'm like Having seen it a second time, I was like, okay, I guess I'm okay with that idea, I guess. And it's like, (laughs) and now, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm into what I'm into. I don't judge anybody for being into what they're into, you know, as long as it's like moral um, and consensual. And so, yeah, it's just such an interesting movie. And I just love that he pushes those boundaries I also like that he did you see that clip online where he praised the director of Titan where he was like oh uh, she one up me oh of today yeah 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 yeah, yeah, I did see that it was so funny nice because he was like yeah nobody in Crash nobody in Crash actually fucked a car (laughs) yeah so it's like (laughs) yeah I did see that That that's really funny also like when he shows up as an actor Cronenberg he was in like Random alias stuff. Like alias. Shit. I was about to say yeah. alias. Oh, He's that's like right. Like eating TV like weird stuff. vegetarian Sick. bacon or something. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember like seeing him just <laughs> randomly in something like that, and I didn't know yeah. that he was gonna be it. And I was just like, I remember being like, "Is that Cronenberg? What the hell? Yeah, he, wasn't he just in something like Big Time? Some like Tarantino movie or something? Maybe. I remember what movie is it where Jim Jarmusch is just like biking in circles in in an attic. And I did not expect to see Jim Jarmusch in a movie, and well, he just like shows up. David Cronenberg is in seven episodes of Star Trek. Which Discovery, Star? Which Star the Trek? New one. Oh, wow! Alias Grace. That's 
a phenomenal miniseries. Oh, oh it really god. is. Cronenberg was in that. Is yeah, he one he's of, like, one the of the doctors. Yeah, doctors. that's okay. like, oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. What is it well, called? Like, from Alias Grace phenomenal. is so good. Like alias, like the word alias? Yes, alias in Grace. 19th century Canada, a, a psychiatrist weighs thing, whether yeah. a murderess should be pardoned due to insanity. It is a freaking. Whoa! Tent. It's really good. That yeah, sounds yeah. cool. It's like like four or five episodes, something six like episodes. That. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. breezy. Love that. Incredible. It's a based cool on a character study. It's based yeah. on an Atwood, Margaret Atwood book. Oh. Who has become a little questionable lately? Wait, has she? A, yeah. Really? What happened? Yeah, which I mean, I really loved her. Uh, she's written so many great things. I really liked Oryx and Crake and all those. She's Matt like Adam. a little, a little borderline turfy. Fuck! Yeah, I know, I know. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't Damn know why it. all these all these people start doing this shit. Yeah, but because unfortunately, yeah, they're old. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah they're just they're old, old and they don't old. know yeah. people in real life, and they just get swept away in the wrong fucking stuff. It was one of those things where she like RT'd some shit, and then hopefully she just misunderstood it, and like she was like, I I RT'd this, but you should read the article. It doesn't mean what you think it means. It's like, no, not you. Art- yeah, uh, don't go J.K. Rowling, please. Uh, uh, sounds really familiar. Yeah, yeah it does. Honestly. It's it's anyway. The miniseries <laughs> is good, good, and this was show. this was made well before yeah. she. This was made like yeah yeah yeah. Ago, so yeah. It was good. Yeah, it's, but. I mean, well, it's weirdly, weirdly appropriate for (laughs) Crimes of the Future because it's just like, as someone who some people just don't think is a person, it's resonant, whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Whatever. Tra-la-la. The Man Who Likes. I like that name. That's that's cute. Uh, I've only seen The Fly, and Jeff Goldblum is definitely sexy. But by the end, he's kind of (laughs) nasty. I love that. Also, I, saw, I first saw the film when I was eight years we old and almost did. threw up in the arm wrestling scene. It was popping. How did literally. we all see The Fly when we were eight Dude, years yeah. old? Dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, who was responsible for that? My mom yeah. made me watch it with her. She was my like, dad. check this out. Yeah. It's crazy. It was it was a very mainstream movie, and then I think like yeah. right that's yeah, the crazy yeah. thing the fly yeah. like somehow like got into the everything because the original was big like the black and white yeah it was big, well and Jeff Goldblum was big at the time and Gina yeah. Davis right yep Andy McDowell Gina Davis Gina Davis yeah um oh, the fly is so goddamn it's good so good it's one of my all time favorites ever I think it's ever, ever, I think. Ever. It's one of his, not counting his like middle period where it was like just making normie movies, but like, <laughs> not judgmentally, but um, <laughs> The Fly is also like his most accessible probably yeah. of his like weird gonzo body horror I'd, freakout movies. I'd recommend it to anyone who has a yeah. passing interest in science fiction yeah. or film. Like all. it's it's yeah. the it's the perfect entry point yep. into body horror. Yes. I think Existence gets a little too heady and yep. isn't really that much body horror. Yep. Um, and obviously Crash and all of those are like, too sexy. Um, like, but dude, yeah. Halloween, put it in the queue. Bring it around. Bring it around this year. Yeah. The fly. Throw it in there. The it's month weird of October. because the fly. Watch it on an empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> don't, or a don't full eat stomach. A, a I get nauseous meal. when I have don't nothing eat a, in Well, my don't stomach. eat a big meal. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Don't go to like a big Italian restaurant. Eat a bunch of like, <laughs> eat a bunch of like grayish green food. Eat a lot and of then, oatmeal. Yeah, and like some spinach yeah. and like yeah, oh, no. some crab I'm legs. Out. <laughs> um, it's funny because the fly, like it's body horror, obviously, but like I don't consider it scary except for that it's like the most terrifying movie because it's about like your body betraying uh, you, yeah, and it's about like 
illness. It's like, like, I yeah, it's like getting kind of like getting old, which it's is about aging. It lingers in your mind. It's it really about does. like having a health problem. You know, it, like any that's body horror in general. Just it, your body turning on you. It also has my number one all time expl- explanation for teleporting. Ever. Ah, ever the best ever. Yeah, you just go in this pod and it breaks your cells down and then it rebuilds them in this one. Yeah. I buy it. I believe it. Sure. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, it. the base premise. As far as a movie in the 80s about like sci-fi shit, dude, it's yeah. so well done. I it's, love it that. is so funny because the, co- <laughs> the core premise of the teleportation pods and the fact that he would be genetically spliced with a fly is so funny because it's like, yeah, wow. Like, I didn't think about that. Like, he'd have to be really careful. But then it's like, there are microbes on everything. Like, yeah. every time you teleported, you would change. And it's like, it's I mean, I guess, like, maybe the movie acknowledges that. But at the same time, it's like, it's kind of drawing a line. I'm like, okay, organisms above the size of a gnat will mix yeah. with you. But other stuff won't. It's like, sure, I don't know. Sure. When he sends the monkey. Dude. You can ruin it for me. It's fine. I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to ruin it. I'm just saying, like, there are life forms on everything. There are billions of little <laughs> microbes in your face. Yeah. You know, like skin mites or whatever. You can't do anything about them. Scrub your face until your skin falls off. They'll still be there. Don't look them up. They're weird. I mean, they're great. They help you, but. Yo, reboot the fly. The fly too sucks. Don't reboot the fly. Reboot the fly. Just watch the, the fly. fly. should get the apes treatment, dude. Like, legacy sequel or reboot or something. I mean, I would be interested in someone taking. The idea of that teleportation and doing something else with it. Oh, like but a don't different just, creature. Right, or like a different like scenario entirely. But don't just do the fly again. It's already perfect. You're not going to beat mean, Jeff Goldblum. it was Goldblum. awesome in the 50s. It was awesome in the 80s. Why can't it be awesome in the 20s? Because it wouldn't be. We have Flanagan do it. All right. We got Flanagan <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> he could maybe do it all right. Yeah, Ooh, here's, here's your twist. Make it gay. Make it lesbians. Of course I'm it in. Would, would be, of course. Here's a question. If you loved someone so much, would you both go in the pod together? Become a freaky hybrid together? The same entity? No. No. <laughs> no, no, Because no. part of the joy is the flesh yeah. of the other, as Cronenberg will tell you. Um, <laughs> Colt Smith, favorite Cronenberg movie. Ooh, another topic I really love to talk about. Uh, so this scale, because it's impossible to pick one, the fly obviously sits high. It's a bit of everything that makes him great. Body horror, good character, something wild going on, etc. Eastern Promises is probably the best shot and has some incredible performances throughout. Videodrome is fantastic, and as it is disturbed, uh, Existence is just playing great. And Cosmopolis is really well shot, really well acted, and decent into psychology and a descent into psychology. Yeah, I love Cosmopolis. It got kind of shit on for being like a one room. Uh, movie and uh, Pattinson had Twilight baggage at the time, dude. I know there was that so was so much Twilight baggage Cosmopolis, going into that. Yep. Cosmopolis was yep. the movie where I was like, "Yo, Pattinson, okay, yep. yeah, yeah." I need to see this. You need to. Uh, you will like love my, it. Like it's you your will love favorite it. author. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, dude. yeah I, I think about. Zaloma, I mean, I talk yeah. about that white noise moment all the time, where it says they're taking pictures of taking pictures from yeah, white noise yeah, at the barn. It's crazy. They got Kristen Stewart in this one. Look Did you hear the Twilight? Noah yeah. Baumbach White Noise cost like $140 million to make. It's coming out next year. Like with Adam uh, based Driver. Based on the book? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know about this. Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. Noah Baumbach with $140 million? million? Yeah, it's COVID budget, bizarre. COVID what, inflation? What would cost them? Isn't the movie just no talking idea. and driving around? Yeah, or the book? Yeah. I, mean? I have no idea. Sounds I even read it a long, long anyway. time ago. But COVID has um, ballooned budgets. Yeah, probably, yeah. 
uh, sexiest Cronenberg movie, Cosmopolis, Crash, Videodrome, they're all sexy? Yes. That, I mean, that was my... They're all sexy. They're all sexiest and they're all nastiest. Nastiest they give to Videodrome for sure. Um, I think Crash is maybe the nastiest, but... Uh, oh, and has Jurassic World the saved you? The gets pretty nasty a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Alfie Smith, favorite, The Fly, too iconic to ignore, sexiest. Can I say an acting role for the disappearance of Clifton Hill? I'll use my, what? I'll use my favorite review quote of all time from British critic Pete Bradshaw to explain. A young woman haunted by her past gazes thoughtfully out over a dark stretch of water. Suddenly, there is a ripple, and someone in a frogman's outfit emerges, splashes up onto her, removes his mask, and oh yikes, yikes, and triple yikes, it's only David Cronenberg, that's all. I need to see that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Nastiest is video drum, but in a good way. Uh, and has Jurassic World Dominion saved humanity? No, but Top Gun did, so it's cool. Sam Joven. Possessor was such a cool movie. That's his son's movie. I like it. Uh, the effect that they used in switching consciousness between body really stuck with me. The visual of melting bodies was sick as fuck. Cool movie. Definitely looking forward to whatever comes from Younger Cronenberg. Yeah, I liked, I liked I Possessor. Like I, I kind of... I was a little disappointed because I wanted it to kind of explore that notion a little further. Mm -hmm. It kind of struck me as one of those things where it's like, this idea is really cool. We have the budget to do it like this way, this one time and not really go really crazy with it. But it was neat. It feels to me like whatever the second movie is, is going to be great. It's the feeling I got from it. Mm -hmm. It felt like a little flat mm-hmm. um sure. thematically but like visually very inspired and like also very bold like i was like mm-hmm. a lot of it i was like oh this is almost too intense for me yeah and jennifer jason lee is was wonderful so as always she's, she's she was always so great she's yeah, so always nuts great well and also like i don't know if this is unfair but like i had a weird kind of disappointment to it where it's like you're just trying to, like, I don't want you to try to be your dad, you know? Like, do your own thing, which mm. they they do, but it just felt very close to the uh, family lineage. But, sure. I mean, whatever, though. I mean, like, if you're raised by David goddamn Cronenberg, you're probably going to yeah. be a little David Cronenberg, you And know? there's only so many genres you can pick from. I mean... Yeah. Also, to get funding as a Cronenberg, you do a Cronenberg, yeah, but, you know... Yeah. Rick and Morty made the name Cronenberg into a verb, so it's like, okay. Uh, Conrad says, I have a gaping black hole in my filmography when it comes to Cronenberg, so I'll keep it short for once. Favorite is The Fly, easily top 1080s horror movie. Uh, Set the standard for body horror. Sexiest and nastiest is Naked Lunch. Ooh, maybe I agree with that. That one's nasty. Um, Side note, one of the cool things about Naked Lunch is how much it differs from the book. Yeah, very different from the book while retaining the spirit of it. Makes me think that Cronenberg talking, uh, taking on something from Hunter S. Thompson would be pretty cool, like interpreting Kingdom of Fear. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that, that movie is very different from the book. Hmm. The book is like a bunch of little weird chapters, and they're all insane and bizarre, and this one actually gives it a story. I love the living typewriter. The whole notion of that. Is that so, the bug typewriter is so funny. Oh. Um Hey, man, nice shots. Favorite Cronenberg? First Cronenberg I saw was Existence. 
uh, which I rented from the video place when I was probably 13, <laughs> not knowing anything about it, but look, clearly I was unprepared for what I was about to watch. It felt weird, it felt dirty, but it also felt special and therefore always had a place and in my heart. Re- the context of the time is so important. Yeah, As it's a, a very like late 90s vibe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. have like, you watched video, it? Like, I haven't seen it in like maybe 15 years. It's okay. been a minute. It's really sad if you watch it now. Really? Yeah, it's it's sad. Like because it's very it's like very relevant. Did it's it like about, predict a lot of stuff? It's like about weird video gamer anger. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, I like about women game designers. Yeah. It's about like yeah, they like males try to... taking out their anger on yeah. like women game designers. Yeah. And like the blurring of lines between like If I recall there's like a terrorist reality. group yeah, that yeah. like tries to destroy her for being a woman basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like how did you know this David Cronenberg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cronenberg, I mean you, you brought up William Gibson earlier. Uh, and like Cronenberg feels like him yeah, where it's like very prescient stuff. Like a lot of times it feels like it's like his movies always feel like they're ahead of the curve, right? Like 10, five, 15 years ahead of the curve where you're just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. You really saw this shit coming. Like, geez. Videodrome also feels oh, for that sure. way. Even though it's based on VHS, somehow being in such an outdated format allows it to not feel outdated. Like if yeah. he was doing some kind of Johnny mnemonic stuff where it's like, Put this microchip right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've got 125 gigabytes or megabytes of storage. Terminator One, like being outside the line of, right. of like, because Terminator Two just feels like a modern movie. So yeah. It's like, oh, it's kind of you know, it's aged in a weird way, whereas like Terminator exists. Well, and this is what I always say about video games, where it's like, if you make an artistic style choice, yeah. You'll you'll be ageless, right? Like mm-hmm. Symphony of the Night looks just as good right now as it always has. Whereas like original si- Final Fantasy VII, right? Like definitely aged. Mm-hmm. And it's like Cronenberg uh, has that vibe too, where it's just like, yeah, he's outside of time and space because yeah. it's just like this exists in the world of existence and yeah. nowhere else. This exists in the world of Crash, even where it's like gritty, nasty, gross '90s stuff, but also like this doesn't feel like our reality. It's like the crash reality where we're like crashing into each other and banging each other. You know, it's here's just like, my weird Fisher Price flesh pod rainbow keyboard. Yeah, device. for uh, you're, you're, for controlling a stark <laughs> autopsy machine. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like uh, it's incredible stuff. It's so weird. I love it. Um, sexiest, according to Hey Man, Nice Shots, is the Fly. Shirtless Jeff Goldblum. Hello. Yes, and I say this with full con- conviction as a heterosexual male. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gay as hell. Jeff Goldblum could hit it. Um, nasty as Cronenberg. They're all nasty and we love it. Correct. Um, random side note. What the hell? IMDb tells me Cronenberg had a part in Jason X? Right, right. I believe that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I feel like Cronenberg, like, it's so funny. He does seem to be, and I don't know him. I don't listen to a lot of his, like, I haven't seen a lot of interviews or whatever, but anything I've seen of him talk, he seems, I mean, he talks exactly like my Uncle Walt, who talks kind of like my dad did. So, like, I get that vibe off him, too. But, like, he just seems like he's kind of not taking things too seriously. Uh, extremely avuncular. I'm glad you brought up Uncle. Extremely yeah. avuncular. Yeah. I did I did meet him, not to brag, uh, but I met him in very avuncular vibes. Just s- the sweetest guy. And you hear this about horror directors Always. a lot. Yeah, Always. just They're really just like nice. The yeah. nicest Always. people you wouldn't expect just because they David like- Lynch. Too. I met David Lynch and it was like, I was like, okay, you're just like a chill grandpa? Like, I'm just hanging out with like a nice dude right now? Like, this is weird. They, yeah. uh, I guess they get it all out of their system. I, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Every horror person is, yeah. I've ever met, like, 
I, I used my old job. I met a lot of horror people. Like I met the reanimator people. I met the the cube oh, splice guy, and like all of them were just like really chill. Oh yeah, <laughs> really nice guy. Roger Vincenzo Natale. Corman. Yeah, yeah. Love him. Oh yeah, we have to That's do your reveal. Shit. Oh, is it time for it? Well, well it is now that I've we're in, we're in the back just, nine. Just for, just, yeah. just, just for, for you, you Hubie. Uh, well, we talked about. Cranenberg being political, so I wore yeah. something a little political tonight. I what? hope it's not too political for your podcast. Okay. Nothing is. But I do uh, have a candidate for the upcoming presidential elections. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. if I, uh, Do you care if I get political on your podcast? No, go for it. Okay, I think we should um, elect Cronenberg. <laughs> Cronenberg for president. I don't know if you can see this on the camera. For listeners. I think, I think, we, I think it should be Cronenberg. He has. Our next president. Even though he's Canadian, we should be <laughs> We'll make an exception. Yeah. For listeners, he has, he has <laughs> opened up a breakaway jacket and has a shirt that says Cronenberg for president oh on it. God. Let's do it. It's time. <laughs> and he's also wearing a Fatal Fury hat. Yo, which, Fatal Fury when he flicks the bullet. Oh yeah, <laughs> so sick, so sick. Love this whole vibe yeah. right now. What's yeah, your what pin from? Oh, the pin. That's just a little pentagram. pentagram. With a, oh. you know, a some kind pentagram. of dude, just general, just general yeah. pentagram with a snake. Uroboros I have going a lot on. going on. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just makes me happy. <laughs> I have a lot it's, going on. It's today's fit. Yeah, dude. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I forgot to say anything else. Hey man, nice shots. Treats themselves to a little anything else. I usually have have one of those at the end of the episode. I forgot to do it this time. Um, I went and saw Men last weekend. Oh, I haven't seen it yet because Isla seems so, so excited about it. And after watching about. the trailer, I was hooked. Loved the uncomfortable weirdness, the beautiful shots, and whoa, God, that ending. Thanks for bringing it my, to it, my attention. Oh, did Isla. you watch it? I haven't even seen it. Oh, I missed yeah. it. Garland, I've missed it. Everything I missed came it. Out. We got a Garland it, movie. It came, we got well, a I got COVID movie. right when it came out. So I was just like, okay, I guess I'm, I can't leave this hotel for 10 days. Crazy. So... Yeah, I want to see men. I guess I'll have to wait for a streaming now. I think yeah. they're doing like one screening a day still at the Alamo, so maybe I could catch it. Sorry, Alex. Seems divisive. A classic Alex Garland, too. Like his stuff for me always like almost gets there. Same. I've said this Honestly, before. Yep, and I'm right there with you lately. Devs did it for me. Annihilation oh, God, Devs. did it for me. Where it's just like Annihilation almost also, yeah. great. Yeah. And it yeah. ends up just being fine. Yeah. I loved Annihilation, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm such a I'm such a like like fucking fangirl for the books that like the movie it's it was hard for me to divorce the books from the movie. For yeah, I me. like I like both. I read the book first and then I like the movie in its own weird different yeah, way. Yeah, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like you have to watch them so differently because like yeah. I, I just got hung up on the movie being basically about the opposite thing from what the movies or the books are about. Like the books are about embracing change and the movies are about like a bent towards self-destruction kind of and like Love self-destruction right but it's, i don't know you said that so casually self-destruction. Like, like you're filing your nails like <laughs> but yeah i'm hyped for men like a villain i'm hyped for men yeah yeah drop the bombs <laughs> um, i'm hyped for men and like what got me hyped on men is the email i got from a24 that just the subject line was just yes all men and I was just like, whoa, shit, okay. Like, it's weird, too, because Men strikes me as one of those movies where it's like, this seems like something a woman would have directed. Like, the premise of it seems like you get the fear 
You know, I was having a conversation with with someone on Twitter. They DM me because I had said something about like how I didn't want to go. There are certain states where I just won't go right now that I'm trans and like you know, and and they were like, hey, like I kind of feel that way too. Like you know, I'm I live in this state and like whatever, blah blah blah. Not to get into their business, but like I think they kind of didn't like that I had said that, and I and I kind of clarified. I was like, look, I'm saying that from a standpoint of safety for myself. Like I can't go to a state that's making legislature against people like me. Yeah. And it's like, I feel bad for people like me who live there. And it's just like, I just choose not to go there because it's like walking down an alley at night as a woman. Like you have to assume every man is a danger because like, even if they're not the one that is, Mm -hmm. is. So you just have to be safe. You just can't not. Right. And it's like, that and like this movie like the premise of men just judging from the trailer i haven't seen it yet but like it's such an interesting style choice to make all the men played by one man yeah and just like the the implication of that is just very interesting to me i wonder how the movie goes into it and if it misses the mark or not but like really interesting stuff i don't know ex machina is cool i was enslaved odyssey to the west is cool the game yeah that is a good game did he write that or something Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he wrote DMC also. DMC, like, fuck you, fuck you, there, fuck yeah, you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that. I think he might have just done the story for the one of those, or that one. Not the screenplay. But, Whoa. Yeah. Isn't well, I'm glad this podcast doesn't have corrections. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to worry about being right ever. Yeah. What, what were you going to say? Oh, that this comment has a really great thing that I love about This upcoming comment? Hell yeah. Juice Mofo. Read it! Well, um, (laughs) Cronenberg is definitely one of my favorite directors. Um, And it's a long comment, but the thing that I like here, um, (laughs) well, it says that Cronenberg uh, movies feel cozy to me, like a warm blanket, especially when they inevitably get real sad at the end. The man probably does pathos better than any other director living or dead. Not sure what any of that says about me as a person, but I just thought it was interesting. Discuss. Yeah. And then I. His, th- his psychological obsession, like a dangerous method, alias grace, all this. He just loves like psychology. I think, but the, the sadness for his newest movie to me was almost unbearable, where I was like, I don't like how sad this is. I'm feeling really sad right now near the end of it. I mean, it had some other interesting things going on, but near the end of the movie, I was just feeling in a real sad mood about a lot of things. I think maybe just that we're happening outside of the movie in the country that the movie yeah. coincidentally lined up with. Yeah. And then the, I mean, the movie just seemed to like, uh, just tap into that. But like his movies always do that. Like uh, his movies always have like a sad bent in them. Videodrome is sort of like a fun kind of like violent action movie, but it ends on like a, a pretty sad note. Mm-hmm. Existence is, is, is pretty fun and silly, but that also ends Sad when you think sad, about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that ends on a sad note, and as we were talking about, became more relevant and sad as time passed. I'm trying to think of like other ones. Like the fly his, is sad. Yeah, History oh, yeah. of Violence, I think, maybe has no a happy ending for the characters, but there had yeah. doesn't it? 
Well, I, I don't want to it's sweet. It explodes like, into a very intense moment. Yeah. Ends. Yeah. It kind of ends at a moment of peace, but you're, they're all reflecting like, we just went through some heavy shit, didn't yeah. we? And like, yeah. you're feeling like, okay, I this think, is a happy ending, but like a sad, happy ending. I yeah, think yeah. like, to me, Cronenberg, because you're not, you, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. There's no, it says good things about you, I think, as a person. And I think why Cronenberg feels, like you said, cozy, um, is that it's cathartic and like it does something that like sci-fi or fantasy right can be a pretty ham-fisted metaphor for things in real life like it can talk about war it can talk about whatever and it can just use analogs to hit the metaphor pretty directly but it doesn't feel on the nose or heavy because it's couched with this different coat of paint and it's like I can watch a movie about how, you know, the country hates a certain kind of people or like people are afraid of new things. And like, if it's just about that, it depresses the shit out of me. But if it's about weird, like art house sex parties that Cronenberg is doing or whatever it's about, you know, um, the catharsis can hit me because it's couched in that metaphor. And like, I think he does that so well because he doesn't shy away from it. Like he can be talking about dying of cancer, yeah. right? Without making a fucking just dead ass, sad movie about dying with can from cancer. He makes it about a fly teleporting and like rotting away and like being, you know, being sad about that and being gross about that. And it's like, okay, that I can handle. I'm still thinking, I'm still doing the same philosophical process yeah. and I'm still getting that catharsis, but I'm not actually just watching fucking someone die like my dad did. Totally, you know, totally, it's just like totally. something very different about that and very real because he doesn't do it with kid gloves. And I think that's why it resonates is because he doesn't hide it and he doesn't talk down to you well, and he doesn't explain what he's doing, yeah. which I think is very important. He respects the audience. Yeah. One, like arguably more than any, any director writer out there. Yeah, because they're all about stuff. Yeah. They're not none of them are just here's some fucking weird slugs or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just like you know, I don't know. It's like, hey, I'm gonna fuck your arm your leg wound. But like it's saying something. I don't know. It's like what? I don't know. It's so funny because I've heard like so many people describe Cronenberg as like shocking and disturbing. And I don't think I really hear the term sad get thrown around mm -hmm. that often. Uh, but, and I don't think I've ever described him as sad, yeah. uh, but like, I think that's very accurate and I think that's Definitely. very yeah. insightful. I've never thought of it that way. And when it's I think really of nice. like the brood, I love the brood, it's my the favorite. brood's final shot. Mm. I think so much about like the crazy, shocking, funny reveal. Oh, the, yeah, exactly. That, that, but like the final shot is much more quiet mm -hmm. and, and much more sad. A lot of his like final shots are quieter and, and sadder, uh, and that's probably why a lot of his violence sticks with you is because there's this undercurrent of sadness that I think so many other directors who are trying to be shocking yeah. forget about. And then I think that's also why we forget about the other directors who are trying to be shocking is because right. they leave that element out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think about like torture porn stuff and it's just like that to me feels gross and unsettling and I just don't enjoy it. And like, I don't know. It, it cuz it feels pointless. It's just like, okay, here we are to watch these people yeah, suffer. It is, yeah. Yeah, usually. and it's just like these have thoughts and stories and characters and and like they're set in interesting worlds with beautiful art direction and like interesting thought put into everything. And it's just like it's just on a whole other level. I I don't whole even I don't level. even conflate the two. Like I don't even like everyone 
the takeaway from so many people who have seen like one Cronenberg thing or seen a trailer for a Cronenberg thing is always like, oh yeah, it's just shocking. It's like gross. It's weird. It's gross out stuff. It's body horror, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it is, but it's not really. It's not about that. <laughs> That's just one of the tools. In That's the one movie. of the tools. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, he's talking about, you know, loss. He's talking about sex. He's talking about, you know, feelings. It's funny because Cronenberg's uh, definitely hugely influenced by Marshall McLuhan, another like Canadian. And Cronenberg uh, actually went to the same college that Marshall McLuhan taught at as a professor. Huh. Who the Marshall McLuhan's that like famous like understanding media like media theorist guy who like um, definitely uh, like Videodrome. There's this guy named Professor Oblivion who I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that who's like come watch all these videotapes and like he's the one who tries to like I think a l- like brainwash people through the yeah. video tapes a little bit but um there's uh he had this theory that as like the channels of communication that humans use in the future um continued to overwhelm people they would need to numb themselves mm. with like violence and then videodrome you can see that happening like uh but Cronenberg's almost doing the opposite like as we're being overwhelmed with more and more ways to communicate through yeah. like internet and technology yeah. he's using like violence to like unnumb us to like shock us a little bit out of our complacency to like feel emotions on his movies i don't know i think that's just yeah. like an interesting twist on that guy's theories well and i love that cronenberg sets his movies in places that have like this unreal technology because it's like crimes of the future feels like a movie that takes place like like it could take place any number of years in the future uh but like there aren't phones in it you know, and it's just like, oh, cool. Like, it's not about that stuff. It's in its own kind of reality. And I think that that's a really interesting way to do that because it divorces it from, like, the, the trappings of modern, like, distraction, like you said. And, like, yeah, I don't know. You go you go and watch an art show about whatever instead of TikTok, you know? It's like, made me want to go movies to more are, art shows. Movies are alive and well. Yeah. I've seen a lot of good movies lately. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm starting to think I might just subscribe to Alamo Draft House. I feel like movie theaters are actually back. They're doing all the Cronenberg or all the uh, uh, Carpenter Carpenter stuff. They're all sold out. Yeah, they're all mostly sold out. We got tickets for April or August for the thing in theaters. Stoked about it. <laughs> did you see the fog? I saw the fog recently. They Carp- showed Carp- that at yeah. the Alamo recently. Were you? It's did you see it there? No, no, no. Oh, no. I almost went and saw it. My yeah. uh, friend got it for me for my uh, birthday, and it, I'd never seen it, and it was. So I've never good. seen it. Really I need to see fun. it. Weird yeah. things get stuck in my brain forever, and I'll always forget the trailer for the horrendous remake of the fog. There's something in the fog. Yeah, I remember that line. Yeah. I remember oh, that there line. Yeah. Yeah. There's something there. in the yeah. fog. Yeah. Like they yep. put it in the trailer. Yep. Oh God! And it's so shitty because the fog, that fog remake, and the mist came out like right on top of each other. Yeah. Dante speak volcano that always situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mist is like so good best. and so dark and so disturbed. I think about that spider with a face fucking all the time. It's so scary to me. Frank Darabont. Darabont, dude. What the hell? It's been Have you seen the mist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, didn't it? Is there ten- like a Frank Thomas Frank Jane's Darabont? in it? 
Maybe I'm thinking wrong. They're at like a did he do Map store? of the Stars also, though? No, no, that's Cronenberg. I know, but did, I he never saw write, that. did he write the Map of the Stars? Oh, I don't know. On? I've never seen Map of the Stars. And somebody like interesting of wrote oh. Map of the Stars for Shit. Cronenberg. Um, if that's Darabont. It might not be Darabont. If it's Darabont, like, I'm watching it tonight. Unfortunately, it's, it's, one of my, it's another one of my like not least favorite ones. I, I haven't I seen it at all. I'm doing bad with names tonight. I know Frank Darabont also is Nightmare 3, right? Bruce Wagner. Bruce Wagner. Who the hell is that? I got that wrong then. And Walking um, Dead and Shawshank. Yeah. And Green Mile. And yeah, I think Frank Durabon. Durabon, yeah, does. Three. Bruce Mob Wagner. City. I'm trying to know, remember where he's from. Yes. Bruce Wagner's Nightmare 3. Bruce Wagner's Nightmare. So, yeah. Darabont also did. Darabont does a bunch of Stephen yeah, King yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Walking they both Dead. Worked on Nightmares then. Oh, okay. So, interesting. But anyway, now, Map of the Stars is not not very good. I've never seen least, it. Yeah, it's got John Cusack and Julianne Moore in it. Love but Julianne it, Moore. It feels. Too bitter for Cronenberg. I don't, mm. I don't think I would ever really describe Cronenberg as bitter, but this feels like kind I would of like say a, he's fighting bitterness. Yeah, this feels like a, almost like a but like a Perez Hilton celebrity blogger bitter. And I'm like, oh, that's a bad match for Cronenberg. Like, Bitterness, like, steeped in jealousy, kind of, like... Exactly. Like, I'm going to take these celebrities down a peg. Bitter. Oh, yeah, gross. And, <laughs> and like, why are, you, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let some young gonna... hotshot come up and do that. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm going to violently movie. murder some celebrities because <laughs> they're too vapid. And it's like... Well, uh, this just feels not you, Cronenberg. Why, why do you need to do like this? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't feel <laughs> like so weird. Uh. Um, well, shit. We like Cronenberg. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Seems like. Uh, do you like Cronenberg? Let us know in the comments. Like and subscribe. Totally just like armpit fuck that subscribe button. Oh, wow. and, and fucking crash oh. into the little bell so that it can accidentally, maybe on purpose, show you its boob whenever we put out a video. Is that what happens? In Crash, when, when he hits oh. Gainsbourg or whatever, had, she like, like a little feature. She like, like kind of like yeah. puts her boob out. <laughs> remember that? You don't remember that part? No, I thought for your like. That's seared into my brain in Crash. Yeah. Of course. You don't remember this? <laughs> he like hits, I think it's Gainsbourg, right? Charlotte Gainsbourg? I think it is her. It's I don't remember. It's been a minute. When but I like he hits. It off, I said I didn't get it. He hits that woman in the car and then she's like, it looks like she's trying to undo her seatbelt, but then like does this and like exposes herself to him. And that's kind of like his, his like, that's like the inciting incident that like gets him involved in the whole, never mind. There's Left a an lot impact I on try me. not to remember Left an impact Crash. on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the one, the, the most disturbing part about Crash is when Elias Coteus is in the backseat with his, with Spader's wife. <laughs> yeah. That was the part that really like got to me. I was like, oh no, that's, a, that's your wife, dude. What is going on? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, I have not seen Crash. I also remember in a very long <laughs> that's like time. seared into yeah. my brain. And, uh, Elias fucking Coteus. <laughs> I'm so grossed out by him because of Crash <laughs> and being super gay, I guess. But like, uh, <laughs> my God. Also, I that was one of those moments where like as a college stu- like film student or whatever, <laughs> I remember thinking like, how do you simulate that? Because he's like, digitally stimulating a woman right yeah <laughs> and they just show it kind of and i'm like how did how are they doing this how are they faking this i assume it's faked nc17 maybe it's just they not had, fake they had intimacy coordinators back then right i pff, i hope so <laughs> i hope so for that anyway i'm watching blue valentine tonight no you're not you've said <laughs> today you're watching turtles 
You're watching Eastern Promises. You're watching Blue Valentine. Actually, the no- I've never seen Blue Valentine. It looks too depressing. Uh, yeah, ten out of ten. Bummer. Depressing. Yeah, maximum depression. I've never Tonight seen that I- or Shame because they both just seemed like so depressing. Shame is a must-watch. It is Steve McQueen. It is a must-watch. Uh, I've seen actually, a still of the, the of the the nude penis scene because everyone was like, "Oh, it's so big," and I was like, "What's a big penis look like?" Oh, okay, it is <laughs> pretty big. It looks pretty. Widows pretty. was good. Yeah, Widows is good. I watched half good. of that and Small Axe. I never saw that. Really good. Sick. Anyway, we, whatever. Patreon.com slash <laughs> This episode has been rated NC-17. Oh, for sure, yeah. I gotta gotta all click the illicit, explicit... Cronenberg sexual content? Oh my god, yeah. Very explicit episode. Sorry to everyone. Just sorry to everyone. How um, was that morning cup of coffee, by the yeah, way? Yeah, let us know. You're were you drinking a- If you were listening to this entire <laughs> episode on your morning commute, your day is going to be unhinged. Also, you and have your a- kid in the backseat has yeah. a lot of questions. Yeah, a lot yeah. of questions. Oh, and you have one hell of a commute. Oh, You've got a bastard of a two-hour two commute. Yeah, damn. Um, we have a shout out tier on easyallies.com slash Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com. I've been here for 10 hours. Um, it's been a long fucking couple of months, years. Um, shout out tier on Patreon.com slash easyallies is one of our top tiers, uh, where we shout people out. Jabawabs, Elphanus, Greg the Dark Knight, Kettering, Caleb, Togi, Crawford, Nick, and Anna Croth. Shout out. Shout out. Long live the new flesh. Long live, Long live, the, <laughs> Long live the new flesh. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next month with something. Whatever the hell this was. More of this. Thor's coming out. Thor's coming out. We've done MCU, but we could talk about Norse mythology. Get Sophia on here. We could talk about hammers and axes. Hammers. Yeah. All right, you're in charge <laughs> of the prompt. You're in charge of the prompt of coming up with enough movies about hammers I'm to make it an of episode one right now. You want to know one the, one the one that popped into my brain immediately? What? Kathy Bates. Oh Misery. yes, great one. Mm-hmm. Hobbled. <laughs> You've seen Misery? Nope. What? Uh, uh, uh. You gotta watch Matthew Walden. Matthew Walden, dude. Misery, dude. That's what I'm watching tonight. When I see you next month, you'll have a yeah. misery tattoo. You'll be like, yo, misery. You'll have a misery dude. tattoo. You'll love it. That'll be the next reveal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Misery. Look, just Kathy Bates, that one shot where she's like right there. Watch misery. Horrible. It's absurd. It's horrifying. Um, okay, bye. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks to my guest, Matthew Walden, and my co host, Michael Huber. It was my pleasure. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) bye for real. (laughs)